Welcome, welcome. You are listening to their podcast, Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. His name is Mark. He's a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> and they've got a real cool guest sitting on their couch today. I thought we agreed that your episodes were from thus forward going to be called Three Massage Therapists and a Microphone. Three Massage Therapists and a Microphone. <laughs> oh, when, when did you guys come up with that? A couple days ago. So... <laughs> This is uh, this is take two. Oh yeah, this is take two. We had a really good time last time. It was like old friends catching up that haven't uh, haven't sat around for a bit, and there was a little bit of wine being thrown around the room, and uh, we recorded something. And I I actually enjoyed from what I remember of that of that <laughs> recording, and I think we all collectively said, "Let's just give this another go." We should try that one again. <laughs> Yeah. So if I may, I, w- I would love to tell this my side of what Oh yeah, happened. can we just say first, uh, hey everyone, it's Amanda and it's oh, Nikki yeah. <laughs> back on our couch. Most of you probably already figured that out if you're longtime listeners, you recognize her voice, but Nikki is back. She was here on Saturday. Today's Tuesday because yeah, we may have gotten too excited to hang out with Nikki and we thought we can't put out a drunken podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, we can. But yeah, Nikki, go ahead. You can tell the story from your perspective. Okay. Hi everyone, it's Nikki again. Uh, this is my seventh. 742nd visit. Absolutely. And uh, I'm a massage therapist in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, best city in the world, I think. And uh, I love my life, but I have an embarrassing story. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, we, as Amanda mentioned, we were, we were here a few days ago and, uh, to record this episode of the podcast and I brought wine as I always do and it was flowing and by the end of the interview, I was proper sauced. <laughs> I was full on tipsy. Because she didn't drive here. She typically drives here. She took the TTC, it's true. which we now drive. know is probably a mistake. <laughs> so I did not drive. But uh, yeah, I know I was rambling. You went squinty eyed. Squinty eyed, apparently rambling more than usual, which is saying a lot. And I think I was slurring my speech. I was. It had gotten to the point where I didn't remember what I was I, saying. I honestly don't think it's as bad as you remember. <laughs> no, it, it to wasn't. Be. You seemed coherent to me. All yeah. right. Well, I don't I, think it was as bad. As I don't want to listen to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? And I don't drink often for a couple of reasons. First of all, I work out pretty much every day, so I just I don't want to work out after having. Uh, alcohol but also i'm bad at it i just i don't know my limits i go from two to six so easily (laughs) and um one or two i'm delightful more than that it's a train wreck so i had what too much to drink uh for me to feel comfortable sitting in front of a microphone i'll say that and so i got home and then the next day uh, I had this like pit in my stomach. Like my stomach was upset the whole day. And I was like, what's up with that? My stomach's upset. Did I eat something? Mm. Or I was like, I, I don't think I, I'm not hung over. Like I didn't drink that much. And the whole day I was like, what's going on? Why is my stomach upset? And then I realized, oh, that's shame. I feel shame. <laughs> <laughs> it was shame. I felt so embarrassed for just getting drunk and rambling and mostly I felt just overcome with immense guilt because I felt like I wasted your time and I have mentioned this before in the podcast I know you guys are cool about it but my number one pet peeve in the universe I have checked all of the planets and my biggest pet peeve (laughs) is having my time wasted and I will go to great lengths to make sure that I don't waste other people's time it's the same reason that I'm um I honor my cancellation policy in reverse. So I have a very strict 48-hour cancellation policy 
if you cancel on me with less than 48 hours and I charge you in full, and if I cancel on a client with less than 48 hours notice for literally any reason, I will comp their treatment because I don't want to waste people's time. So I felt sick to my stomach because I was like, first of all, I'm embarrassed. I don't even remember half the stuff I said. And secondly, <laughs> I wasted their time. It wasn't a waste. I just felt like you guys set aside a whole it was day. A, it was a good hangout. So, it was a good hangout, so, but like you got childcare and like, yeah, it was, we had a lot of fun. It was, it was a good hangout. That was good. So I messaged Mark and because it was like the last thing I want you to do is spend half a day editing this podcast just for me to tank it, just for me to be like, you can't put it out there. Yeah. So I messaged Mark and I said, I don't know what to do. I can't shake this feeling. I just, I feel awful. I feel like I wasted your time and also I'm embarrassed and I, I I don't think I want this to air. And Mark, bless his heart and Amanda's <laughs> heart, bless everybody's hearts because I'm sure you I'm sure you talked it over together. Mark just got back to me and said, Don't stress. Yeah. We'll just record another episode. And I am not kidding, no word of a lie. I burst into tears. I just <laughs> me, I like I don't have a heart, but sometimes <laughs> I cried. I, I understand the feeling of shame the next day after drinking. Yes. Where you just, you just, you think to yourself, God, I wish I can just erase that, that, that day from my life or those hours from my life. Yeah. And it, it never to be seen, never to be thought of. It just goes away. It disappears. Yeah. So I Except it's recorded. Well, I, under <laughs> I understand that shame. And I'm like, that is a horrible way to spend the next couple days just thinking about this kind of shit because it grows, it grows, it grows. Totally. It doesn't go away. And every day until the podcast exactly. airs too, I was like, oh, I can't. I don't care. We had a good hang. So let's just, let's just erase that from the world. And I understand the feeling of regretting either the way you said something. Like I told Nikki, I've had times where we finish recording an episode and I I know the intent of behind what I was saying, but right. sometimes I realize, oh, that just that could come across as this, that could be read this way. Somebody could well, take this and be offended. And just so everyone knows, if I had sat down with that, I wouldn't have taken anything out. I don't edit anything for content ever. I've heard some people make com comments about our podcast. Oh, it, it, he edits it, blah, blah. I don't edit content. Once whatever we talk about, that's what ends up going out. You know, I might get rid of a, a fart noise, but like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? When, like, it, when it comes, to, noises, not, when it comes to not editing content. content, though, like, for example, if we record something that's like two and a half hours and there was a whole 15 minutes of us just like laughing uncontrollably about something stupid. OK, fine. That might get cut out. Well, yeah, that's but not content. When I get really like stressed about, oh, my God, did I say something bad? The only thing and this shows you how much I trust Mark. The only thing that like calms me down is I'm like he will listen to this and if I sounded like a tool he will tell me who sounded it, like a tool it, it that's never, love it never happens like, that's love so I happens. so I wanted to be honest and upfront and like have a moment of vulnerability uh, <laughs> and and tell people that yeah so I honestly I cried because basically I just I came to you just overcome by guilt and shame and you were just so chill yeah. Like, so chill. I have no chill. So I need to take a page out of, the, out of the book of Mark. And so, both of you, so just gracious and kind and uh, sympathetic and understanding and patient. And both of you were just like, no big deal. We'll just do it again. We had fun. Yeah. Wasn't a waste. It's all good. And I just think that that is so beautiful and wonderful. And I can't, I can't say that I would have reacted the same way. I would have been like, bitch, wasting my time. <laughs> um, so for those of you who are listening, I do not want this experience to go to waste. I always try to find the lesson in things like this. So I am not drinking today. That's lesson number one. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I might still be drinking. Yeah, please she help more yourself. Wine. I did bring more wine as a gift. Um, but for everybody who's listening, I would love for you to do two things. Number one, tell all your friends about this podcast. Because, like, tell all your massage therapist friends to listen to this podcast because I think you guys are doing really good, important work. And I've listened to a bunch of industry podcasts, and this is obviously my favorite. And not just because I'm a repeat guest. <laughs> um, tell all your friends to listen to two massage therapists and microphone podcasts, and um. Two, check out ConEdInstitute.com and register for their courses because this, I think, is a passion project. You guys put so much time and energy and effort into sourcing interviews, scheduling interviews, rescheduling interviews, <laughs> recording interviews, editing interviews, sharing them just to get shit on, just to have people be like, you swear too much. And I... I just want people to uh, take your courses because that's your bread and butter and that's what funds this podcast essentially. So and, and also Nikki has a course. On and also Con selfishly, I run a course through Condit Institute <laughs> called the New Massage Therapist Masterclass. Y'all should register. The next one's in May. Um, but that's what I want. Just tell all your friends and just throw your money at Mark and Amanda because um, I was just so embarrassed and you guys were just so good about it. And I just want everyone to know how awesome you are because I really, really, truly, thoroughly appreciate that. Oh, this episode started out so, <laughs> so nice. nice. We talked about this last time a little bit where, and that's one of the clips I was going to pull when I was asking you guys, is there room in, in an industry like this for something that is kind of meant for entertainment, right? And because uh, because we we briefly talked about the magazine, how we got slammed a little bit on on the last magazine issue for a couple of the articles. That's not professional. This is not in massage therapy. How is this? And I'm like, well, neither is our podcast, and we get slammed on the podcast for that a lot, where it's not professional. Blah, well, you blah, have blah, blah. a whole series called the Unprofessional Hour. Do other massage therapists feel like there's no room for some sort of media outlet that is really just meant for entertainment? And then I start thinking more about this. Well, these motherfuckers are really accepting of someone that wrote a book someone that did this that's purely for entertainment that's not hardcore education or information but yet they want to come after us with fucking the hatchets out you know what i mean because well, because we're not you know we're we're an easy target because we are very out there when you put yourself out there people are are going Which to I have opinions I, I have no problem with yeah that. and i'm okay with that as I'm well curious but i think it's i think it's um maybe and this is just one thought when you were saying you know people who write books or whatever who do things purely for entertainment that might be the one project they've done majority of our projects are education based you know we have an education company we started yes. another company with our partners where we uh, produce educational content articles blogs videos we yes. produce conferences educational conferences so it's like we're tied to very serious educational things and somehow that equates to we can't have another side that's entertainment i feel like we we put entertainment in everything we do though like even when we were doing the conference last fall i think the reason that conference went so so well is it wasn't really stuffy it was really fun and wild and exciting and we had all of these speakers come in not just to teach, but to be like inspirational and to mm. remind people of all the different things you can do. And, you know, that's why we bring Nikki back on the podcast all the time, because as she started out in her introduction, she loves her life. The shit this woman gets to do because she's a massage therapist is something that I think should be shared with the public, not just like, let's talk about the vagus nerve or these, <laughs> these cranial nerves. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
It, I mean, it's, it's not going to stop anything together. you do, but I'm just... No, it's, I'm it's just, not. I'm, I'm, that's, that's a question for you RMTs. Well, I, I guess I'm asking the wrong fucking people. You are asking the they're wrong the ones people. No, but like, you're no, saying, is there a place for entertainment? Obviously, yes, because you guys have listeners all over the world. Yeah, I guess. So, yes, there is a place. There yeah. are there I've are listened to every episode. You have. You and I think Sheena. I'm going to call it Sheena. Oh, <laughs> think, hey, Sheena. Yeah, you know Sheena. Know Sheena. I think you and Sheena are probably like our are most diehard. I think he, oh, the two of you have listened to every, Oh, I shouldn't say that because there's probably other people that are like, John, hey, wait. Oh, John. John the mega yeah. fan, yeah. And John's going to kill me. He's this listening like, to this and he's he like, is. how dare she forget? I know, right? You know what my favorite is? <laughs> when other people come on the podcast and they're like, I love Nikki. <laughs> and you're like, yep. you're like, she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you are. So Nikki's back with some unpopular Nikki's back. Wait, wait. Back again. Oh. <laughs> The last time we were here, you sang that. And I said, yeah. oh, I was going to sing that. And I somehow missed my opportunity for a second time. I learned no lessons. And I don't edit, so. There we go. I learned <laughs> no well, lessons. Well, we, we can sing her and Nikki's back, Nikki's back, Nikki's back. <laughs> what I wanted to say is before we get into unpopular opinions, part of the reason we have Nikki here is for those of you who have been diehard, John, Sheena, anybody else I'm forgetting, um, she used to come in after her travels because for those of you who don't know Nikki, she structures her career in a way that she can take a mass amount of time off um, every year. So usually the beginning of the year, she travels to different countries and then we would have her come in and talk to us about all the places she's traveled and the places she's gotten massage because she's up to 16 freaking countries mm. that she's had massage in yeah. now. And so we originally invited her to do that. But then, of course, she's got more un unpopular opinions. So I think we should at least touch on the trip a little bit. Sure. I like that. Reintroduce yourself, really. <laughs> who are you? Who Why are you am here? I? I am a massage therapist who loves to travel. Nice. And I got into this profession so I could afford to travel. Basically, I wanted... I wanted job security. I wanted enough money to travel and I mm. wanted to be able to take a metric ton of vacation. And I don't there aren't a lot of professions where you can do that. Nope. Like I have friends who earn more money than I do, but they can't take long trips because they're too their jobs are too important. They're yeah. like, yeah, I make half a million dollars a year, but I can't take more than two weeks off in a row. And I'm like, sucks to be you. Peace out. <laughs> Going to Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, after, you know, two-ish years of not going anywhere, um, I got the travel bug again. And I spent the first five weeks of the year in Mexico, Guatemala, and Belize. Nice. Yeah. I like that. So do I. I would never go, but I like that. Oh, come on. Nikki went and she hates beaches. For it's those true, of you who didn't true. know that, <laughs> not we a are not person. the same. I think I've said this before. Like I don't care about seeing the world. I, when I when that I, blows my mind. I, I, I really don't. I, I don't know. It's nothing that I care to experience. I just get, it's just not for me. I believe you. But I when, just so, I will never understand. So, that. so when I want to go on vacation or when I want to just not be at work, I just kind of want to do nothing. And doing what you do sounds like it's doing stuff. It is. It's true. It these is are these stuff. are not vacations. They're trips. And yeah, by the time yeah. I get back, I'm usually like, I need a vacation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like that. So I don't. I take trips to vacation. You take trips because you like going on trips. Yeah. 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 That's cool though. Well, I can sit around and do nothing here. That's true. Right. Yeah. And my sit around and do nothing here in the warm Toronto weather is just as good as sitting around. Maybe not just as good, but it's, 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 come it's, on. Y'all just comparable. got back from Jamaica. Jamaica. Right. That was fun. It was fun. 
but I I think I'd also have the same the same fun a, a week hanging up north. Do you know what I mean? And just not being at work, the and hanging same out with, fun. Uh, similar. Could you get a different color rum drink every every day? That was day? you. That wasn't me. <laughs> was me. Right. That was rum and coke me. comes in one color. <laughs> so, I had all the fancy drinks. But yeah, so I I I like hearing someone that does something that I don't do and enjoys it because I just don't get it. So hearing about it, it's cool for me. It's pretty I, much all I think about. I would yeah. love. I would love to travel definitely like I I understand the desire to see other parts of the world and to actually like immerse yourself in the culture um and I've told you this before I don't know that I'm brave enough to do it alone maybe when I was younger something happened when I had kids I became like much more of a wimp I think I was so much more adventurous and spontaneous before and now I'm like oh that maybe, seems that seems dangerous and scary maybe you just got it out of your system that's maybe. fair though because you you're responsible for human beings now yeah I don't have grown-up responsibilities so <laughs> I mean, I have my. Kids. I was gonna say you have you have a mortgage I mean, and a business. Like you have some grown up responsibilities, but like I could leave those behind if I wanted. Like, yeah, that's I, true. I have cats, but I don't have when, I don't have kids when, rely on me. When are you gonna leave the business behind? When what's the exit strategy look like? I mean, I, I'm just getting started. I don't know. So do you have? I'm only. I have don't really it? yet. No, because I. I mean, I'm only five years into running a private practice. This is a new career for me. New-ish. I mean, yeah. I'm. I'm coming up on eight years this summer, so it's it's a second career for me. So I still when, feel like a new therapist. So I have not thought about retirement yet. When you're done, are you just going to stop one day? Do you think, or you're just going, are you going to wean yourself off? I have no idea. I honestly have not thought that far ahead because yeah. I still feel like I'm new. I still feel like I'm just getting started. Mm. I know at some point I'm already beginning to dial back the hands-on work a little bit right. um, and do more like internet-based stuff. Yeah, I yeah. would love to, you know, maybe at some point in my career have some kind of fully remote job and then I can really travel. Right, yeah, yeah. But for now, I feel like massage is still new mm-hmm. that I, I haven't really thought about not doing it yet. And there's a lot to do in this in this, in this this field. It doesn't have to be a room and a table and some lotion. It could yeah. Be, it could be a lot of things. So diverse. Yeah. I love it. There is a lot to do. What's your exit? You already know mine because I already said it. I'm just going to tiptoe out of the party, get in my car and drive away, not say anything to anybody. Are you bringing the wife and the kids? Well... <laughs> When, when when I'm out, when I'm out, I don't know if you want to be out when I'm. Are you out. just gonna hop on your bike and just be like, peace? No, no, no. Well, <laughs> my exit from this career is going to be very abrupt, and you'll never hear from it's me. It's how again. he wants to. It's how, it's how I want. It's exit. how we leave parties when we go to functions. We don't tell anybody we're we leaving. Just, we just oh no, you just leave. leave. Oh well, because we otherwise you're going to be saying goodbye for forty five minutes. We no, just tiptoe out of the room, get in the car, and, and drive away, and say that was a fun night. Yeah, and that's what I I want to do with this. One day I'm just gonna not put out a course, Conant Institute. It's not gonna have my. Phone You're just gonna on take it. the website down quietly, or you know, it's, I'll sell it off to somebody, and it'll just be someone else's problem, and I'll just walk away, wow. get in my car, and drive away. And uh, if you remember that I was at the party, cool. And if you don't, cool. That's so you. <laughs> that is very you. I can't believe you just asked me what my exit strategy is with like a diehard feminist in the room. What do you mean? Because my exit strategy is, well, my husband's going to sell the company and we're going to have money and I'm just going to go where he goes. I think that's great. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think you'll carry on doing some stuff longer than I will. I'll carry on doing things because unlike you, there's only so much of nothing I can do. So when I left, (laughs) when I left my last career, if that's what you want to call it, and decided to become a massage therapist, I think there was four to six weeks that I was completely unemployed because I thought, let me take some time between thing A and thing B and just enjoy my life a little bit. After two weeks, our apartment was spotless and I had been to the beach enough times. <laughs> like, and I was bored. like, I, I was literally bored. That was lockdown, right? 
that, like the, that's the glorious first, for me. The first couple of weeks of lockdown, I was like, eh, this is kind of chill. And then after a little while, I was like, I know I need a job. This is, that's my dream. My dream is to is to wake up and have no agenda, nothing to do. I can do whatever I want or nothing if I want. And that's my dream to have that every day. You know why I think that's so much- I want retirement. You know why I think that's so much freedom for you though? And I've said this before and I'm not saying this to like make people feel sorry for me, but it's actually just the truth. You have so many hobbies, you would fill your day. I was gonna say he'd be working on his bike and he'd be playing his bass. And none of them involve people too. So I I, have completely all about it. You have hobbies and passions that you could fill your day with pure enjoyment. And the truth is I really don't think I found like something, like an extracurricular something that I'm like, this is all I wanna do all day. Like there's so many people who have like really, hardcore passions that have nothing to do with their work or their life. I had a friend say to me, well, for you, like your your hobbies or what'd she say? Your passion is your life. And I was like, eh, tell me more. <laughs> like, explain this to me. And she said, well, you know, you're never doing nothing, but like between, you know, running your businesses and being with your kids and, you know, taking them on adventures and whatever, like that's your hobbies. And I was like, well, that's just me living. Okay. So, First of all, everybody go to conadinstitute.com and register for all the courses because Mark needs to retire like now. <laughs> all the courses. Secondly, when that happens and he's tinkering with his bike and playing his bass, you just come with me and we'll go traveling. There you cool. go. Cool. There you go. That is an invite I will accept. I'll show you how to do it because I've, I've solo traveled across. I've been to five continents. I've traveled solo to four. It's it's not as scary as it sounds. I'm sure it's not. And I'm sure once you start, everything seems scary at first. And then you start doing it. You're like, oh, this is not so bad. That's the other thing. Aside from getting um, like more scared as I've gotten older, like it it applies to everything. Like if I get invited to something, so this is the best example I can think of. You know, when we saw you on Saturday, the day before I had said to you, oh, we went to this massive scavenger hunt in the beaches in Toronto. When I first got invited to this, you know where my brain went? Oh, it's the beaches. Okay, where am I going to be able to park down there? Like I have such anxiety over doing new things that I never used to have. I don't, I, I was fault. never like that. I would, you know, somebody would invite me to do something and it was yes, and I'll figure out how later. That's like, yes, I'm going to do that. Now it's like, oh, I don't know. Like, how am I going to do this all by myself? And I don't know where I'm going to park. I'm, and- a, <laughs> I'm a creature of habit. I don't like, I don't enjoy doing things different. I don't enjoy doing anything. I know you were saying if you had more than one house, you would decorate it the same. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I, 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 that's, that's, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you do really like into your become brain. to become a- <laughs> It's true. You, guys. Be, you do become like the person you're with, and the I find I, I find I've become a lot more a of a creature of habit. That's Spice Girls. That is Spice, Spice Girls. Right, 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 right. It's a girl band. Right. Again, feminist on the couch. Spice Are you girls. new? <laughs> who's your favorite Spice Girl? Oh, I, you know, I was never, honestly never into them. <laughs> so, who's my favorite Spice Girl? Uh, I can answer that question, which is very embarrassing. I don't know. Let's let's go with let's go with Ginger. Ginger. No. I don't know. Is that is that wrong? Um, there's no, no wrong. There's no wrong. <laughs> Who's your favorite Spice when Girl? When I was uh, so Spice Girls were like really popular when I was in like grade eight, okay. and um, because of the way I looked, I was tall and lanky and not very uh, girly. Sporty Spice. Sporty spice. <laughs> I was always Sporty Spice. Sporty spice. I feel like she's secretly and she's she the one sec- that can sing. She's. I feel like she's secretly the leader of that band. Yeah. Oh. She was the like one was. with the best voice in my opinion uh she had most of the solos so yeah. when me and my friends would like pretend to be the spice girls we'd all dress up i mean all i had to do was put on some like adidas pants and a crop top and my hair in a ponytail 
We're good to go. Hey, All sure. right. Change my answer. Sporty Spice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's hear some of these unpopular opinions. I love these. All right. Dun, dun, dun. If I had a drum set, I would give you a drum roll. Dun, dun, I got dun. sticks back there. And oh, I, got a, I, got I actually a... do have a kid over there. Yeah, you do. Okay. A few warnings. Disclaimers. Yes. Disclaimers. Okay. Disclaimer number one. These are just opinions. I'm not stating anything as fact. These are my opinions, not Mark and Amanda's. I forgot to mention that last time. Um, my opinions are fluid. Sometimes they change when I'm presented with new information or a different perspective. Not usually, but sometimes. Disclaimer number two, I'm going to make some sweeping generalizations. For example, men are like this. Women are like this. All massage therapists do this. Of course, there are outliers. There are exceptions to every rule. And I know that there are more than two genders. Disclaimer number three, trigger warning. I'm probably going to be talking about some stuff that might be um, triggering or upsetting to people like sex work and trauma and abuse and inappropriate behavior in the massage room. Um, So just proceed with caution or just skip this episode if you are easily triggered. And disclaimer number four, I am open to healthy debate, but I am not interested in fighting. I have no room in my life for anger or name calling and I will not fight with strangers on the internet. I was going to say specifically on the internet. Yes, I will not fight with strangers on the internet. I've had people come at me in Facebook groups and I either just ignore them or worse, I will zing you publicly and embarrass you. Mm. So just save yourself that. Don't do it. Don't come at me. Does it feel good when you do the... uh the little embarrassment. When thing. I get a good zinger, it's fun. Yeah, because I, I, <laughs> feel, I feel good inside. I had some, and you, and then I screenshot it and I send it to Mark. <laughs> I'm like, look at this. Uh, like I had somebody. Um, <laughs> she was criticizing me. Another massage therapist was criticizing me for my cancellation policy, which I get a lot of criticism on, and because um, she said, you know, well, if if I canceled an appointment with you because I was sick and you charged me, I'd be very upset. Mm. And I was like, mm, all right. I, I, I said, you wouldn't make it past my first screening. Like, I just wouldn't book an appointment with you. Like, you would not be allowed to be my client if this is your attitude. And she said, well, you must be really embarrassed um, if, you know, whenever you have to cancel on your clients and you have to waste their time. And I just said, actually, I comp their massage, mm. check and made. And then I screenshotted it and sent <laughs> it to Mark. I was like, look at this zinger. That is, yeah, that's, I know uh, you get a lot of hate for that cancellation policy. And we talked about that on the previous episode, it. so we don't have to bring it up again. But I will just say that I don't, I will never understand why people are so upset about it. Because like you've said before, you're very clear. People know that upon booking with you, they give you a credit card. They know they're going to be charged if they cancel for any reason. Like that is highlighted, underlined, capitalized, like any reason you're you're going to get charged. And I think it's because people aren't thinking of booking a massage the same way they think of other things. Like if you buy, I, I mean, the example Mark always uses, if you buy a ticket to a concert and you can't make it, well, you spent your money and you can't make it. So I know that you... Um, honor this like I know a lot of other therapists if somebody uh, if they say oh but I can send like my sister in their place you're not going to charge them because you, they've filled the spot right? yeah just fill you fill the spot you fill the spot no problem and I'm not even a stickler for like if you book a 90 minute massage and you send your sister and your sister gets a 60 minute massage I'm not going to charge you the difference I just want I just want somebody on the table and yeah. somebody's money right don't, don't really care who. just but yeah like don't waste my time and the thing is so, I think more therapists actually should really enforce their cancellation policy I wish I, so I, just, I, they really should just to be the 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 little the little guy the on little the devil guy yeah just to be that guy 
Do other healthcare professionals do that? I've I've found a lot of other healthcare providers also yeah. don't honor their policy. But I also I don't as, even know a lot of healthcare providers that do because I just don't go to see a lot of well, healthcare. That's providers. the thing. I so I'm curious. They I also never cancel. Posted. Like I don't. I virtually never cancel an appointment at the last minute. Like right. if as a as a receiver as, as a recipient of services, yeah, yeah, yeah. I virtually never cancel on short notice. So. I don't really know what other people do, but I have right. heard of lots of chiros, dentists, yeah. whatever, who, no who don't, I don't honor their policy. I have a I personal, I have a policy. personal trainer, and I got a cold a couple of weeks ago. We were supposed to record this podcast, and I had to cancel because I got a cold. Yeah. And I messaged him the day before. It's a twenty-four hour cancellation policy, and I was technically outside of the policy, but just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I messaged him on what I knew was his longest, busiest day. So I knew he, even though I was outside of the policy time, I wasn't, he wasn't going to see the message right, in time. Right, right. So I messaged him the day before and I just said, got a cold, not going to make it tomorrow. Make sure you still get paid. Yeah. And he was like, are you sure? Because you gave me enough notice. And right. I just said, dude, I don't want you to lose money because I got a cold. Yeah. Just, it's a prepaid package. I said, just, just nix the session. I'll see you next week. I agree with you in that. And, and we've said this before. Like one, how you run your business is really no concern of mine. And I don't see, I, I, I don't get it why people get all in, in a huff hearing about your cancellation policy. I don't get it. I really don't. They think it's mean. You, and and that's okay with me. Like it, it doesn't affect me, your meanness, if we want to call it that. And the other part that we spoke about before is the consumer is used to this this idea. So... Why do you feel like you need to tiptoe about it around it as a massage therapist? Your consumer is already used to paying for stuff like this. Yeah. Like you said, concert tickets or whatever, or a show or this or that, or I've booked whatever and, you know, I returned, I think the example I gave, I returned the rental car late. Of course I'm paying for it. Like we're used to this type of behavior. But they're not used to it from massage therapists. If, But I think if we just consider that, like, like, you you see this person once a week tops, twice a week tops. Guess what? They do all of this shit in their regular life where they're used to what, what we're talking about. Yeah. So it's not such a big deal. Yeah, but because- will tell you why. Yeah, because okay, we're- yeah. Well, let me tell you why. Because we're healthcare providers, hmm. we're supposed to be compassionate, especially if people are sick or if their kids are sick. And because we're mostly women, we're expected to be the nice ones and we're expected to take the hit. Is this a massage therapist thing? Is this a woman thing? Is this a healthcare thing? It's all three. So our dental hygienists, do they feel the same way? The majority of them are female. Nurses, they feel the Well, well dental hygienists, uh, they work for a clinic. So it's the clinic's policies, mm. right? So it's whoever, like you, you're not as likely to find a self-employed dental hygienist, right? Less likely, yes. Less likely, yeah. So it's all three. Okay, cool. I th- I think it's all three. So I had a, I had a short notice cancellation last night. Yeah. Uh, one of my regulars, uh, I was six o'clock appointment and i called i emailed no response he's usually a little late but um seven o'clock rolls around like at this point he's an hour late and so i just sent him a message i i, I said look if i don't hear from you by 6 30 i'm i'm gonna cancel your appointment i'm assuming you're not coming and cancel your appointment yeah. and um so by seven o'clock i went to charge his card and it bounced so i i had or it was declined. I had two of his credit cards on file. Mm-hmm. He has a recurring appointment, so he hasn't um, updated his credit card in like years. Mm-hmm. So their old credit cards, they got declined. And he messaged me at seven o'clock and he was like, I just woke up. Mm-hmm. I slept through the appointment. I'm going to e-transfer you right away. 
enjoy your night off. And I was like, thanks. Have you ever had someone dispute their their charge on their credit card? No. I have had people try to argue with me to get me not to charge the card. Right. But no one's ever gone as far but as no, nobody's ever. The, the I know that happens. Yeah. I do know that does, that has yeah, happened yeah. to people. It has never happened to me. We've had that happen with massage therapy. Really? Media, and we've had that happen with Con Ed Institute where someone paid for a course, got the course, had had a letter of completion. No. And then, and then disputed their charge <gasps> with their bank. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, that's never happened to me. Yeah, interesting. So I try to take great steps. I go to great lengths to try to weed out people like that from the beginning. Like I just, I make my policy so crystal clear and it's in the welcome email. It's on the website. It's on the booking site. It's in every confirmation and reminder email. It's in my intake form. It's just, it's absolutely everywhere. And I will specifically say, if you get sick, you have to cancel your appointment and you must pay for your appointment. Right. And if you don't agree with this, you cannot you book with me. Patient, I get it. And I'll specifically say I only work with people who value my time and I value yours in kind. And I, so yeah, I've had people who are, I think are kind of surprised that I'm charging them. They were like, well, you're basically like, well, I signed it, but I didn't really mean it because they don't think I'm going to because nobody else does. And they're unpleasantly surprised when I charge them. But I've, ne- I've never had somebody dispute. That's like going to a restaurant, and you know, the gratuity is included. And then yep. when you get the bill, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell, man? I do think that's weird because I'm like, sure some people will. <laughs> like, what if the service sucked? Now I have to pay this tip. <laughs> cool. Right on. Okay. Y'all ready for mon- some unpopular Yeah, opinions? let's do this. I'm ready. All right. Unpopular opinion number 22. There are a previous episode of this, by the way. People are like, why is she starting in 22? <laughs> <laughs> She's crazy like that. Yeah. Check out the previous episodes. Um, number 22, of course, women are preferred. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, we did that in unison last time. Man, I'm failing today. <laughs> <laughs> Get with it. Where you been? Uh, and of course, I'm talking about massage therapists i'm talking about women massage therapists by and large being preferred by most clients who do you prefer women who do you prefer women all who the way prefer? um most of the time women why i don't know i don't really have a reason Huh. Most of the time, women. Nikki and I have reasons for you. Yeah. Oh, would you like some reasons? I wrote them down. I've had many male massage therapists, and I've, I've, male or female, and I, I like whoever. I don't care. But then other times, I'm just like, nah. Because some of the sensations, the tactile sensations, yeah. like hairy forearms and things like that. Yeah. Like that I, I don't enjoy at all. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> so the way I see it, there are three main reasons why most people prefer female massage therapists, and that's safety, traditional gender norms, and homophobia. And I'm going to break it down for you. So the first one I think is just the most obvious is safety. It's not sexism. It's statistics. I will die on this hill if somebody wants to come at me. Just open a newspaper to right. see like how dangerous some men are. Most men are lovely and harmless, and that does not change the undeniable fact that the vast majority of violent crimes are perpetrated by cisgender men. And from a client perspective, if I'm going to a place, especially for the first time, especially Mm -hmm. if somebody's self-employed, maybe you're coming to my home or I'm coming to your home or you're renting a room privately, and I'm expected to spend an hour plus in a dark room with a perfect stranger and I'm supposed to get naked or nearly naked and lie face down Mm -hmm. and have you touch me, 
damn right I want that to be a woman. Mm. Of course I want that to be a woman. And I've had wonderful massages for men and I have male massage therapist friends. Yep. But there's there's just a level of comfort and safety that comes with being with a woman that is not guaranteed with a man. Yeah. And, and, you know, that really blew Mark's mind the other day, like hearing it just said exactly like that. And it made him also realize that all parts of life. Yeah. In, in all parts of life, women are always on guard. So getting a massage from a man and I've had many male therapists as well. And I agree with Nikki, like I'm not, I'm not saying I wouldn't go to a male therapist. I do. I do all the time. But I can tell you when you are getting a treatment from a male therapist, I don't think there's ever a point where you are 100% able to relax and let go if you are a woman, because we're so used to being like always alert and always on guard, especially in a vulnerable position with a man. And it could be a man that I really trust, but I'm, I, I think you mentioned this last time, Nikki, thinking about like, you know, did I shave my legs? Is he checking? Like it, it's, there's these thoughts that go through your head when it's a man that like, don't cross your mind when it's a, a woman treating you. And when totally. you when you said that the other day, I, I even mentioned like I never thought of it like that, and that made me think of a lot of things. So I was talking to Amanda the other night, and we we were talking about this thing, and I'm like, that just started making me think of everyday life where I don't have to think about stuff. I go into an elevator by myself. I don't think twice. I was just gonna say I don't even like getting into an right? elevator alone I, with a man, let alone a dark I'm, room. I'm going. I'm gonna pump gas at twelve thirty at night, and I'm the only person standing outside at the gas station. I don't think to be like, who's around me? Is there anyone here? Am I by myself? I can tell like, you. I, just I can tell you what's in every corner right? of that parking lot. I just lot get out before I get out of the car. I just, get just out naturally alert. Yeah, yeah. So that made me think of a whole bunch of stuff. I'm like, fuck, yeah. that sucks for sure. I mentioned this last time, but because nobody's gonna listen to it, I'm gonna tell the story again. <laughs> uh, I had I had a female client and she came to me and she said, I was seeing this massage therapist. He was perfectly professional, perfectly kind, perfectly lovely. He never said or did anything inappropriate. I saw him for a few months and I just couldn't get comfortable because he was a man and I needed to go to a woman. And I just said, I get it. I get it. And it's not that guy's fault. Because as she said, he did nothing wrong. If you're listening to this and if you're a male massage therapist and if you're angry at the world because it's harder for you, don't get mad at the clients. I don't blame clients for feeling more comfortable with women. We're safer. Don't get mad at your female massage therapist because we don't have to work as hard to get clientele. Because I will tell you, literally every other avenue of life is harder for us. Mm. Just let us have this one thing, please. Yeah. If you are angry about it and you want to get mad, get mad at the other men. It's the bad men who are bringing the rest of you down. They're giving you a bad name. That's who you should be mad at. You you did the practice profile, correct? Yes. And they give you feedback at the end. Yeah. Depend and oh, depending on your gender, your age, right. when you did school. Yeah, your risk factor. Let me ask you a question then. Do you, and the risk factors that they spit out, they're all based on stats and blah, 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 mm -hmm. right? Like, for example, that male massage therapists have higher instances of misconduct, which also includes sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. Do you think the CMTO, the governing body, by putting that out and saying it that way, 
has now really opened up a massive box. Like, can I in a job interview now and say, can you tell me about your risk-based assessment according to your college? Where does your college put you in terms of being at risk for the general public? Col- college loves me. Right, but... Because they're, they're like, you're a woman, does, you does were that, under 40 when you that, graduated. Does that just open up the whole fucking can? Like, can I do that in an interview? Can I, as the employer, say to Jim Smith... Uh, so I, what's your I'm, risk I'm, factor? I'm, I'm aware that your college has given you information about what they consider risk factors of you being a therapist. Tell me what your risk factors are. I don't. I don't know. It's been a very long time since I've been to a job interview. I see that as a huge problem. And yes, they're based on statistics that you can find, but now your regulatory body has just like it, it's put been you into it's this been category. put out there. And yeah, I mean, can somebody ask you about it? I'm sure they can. And is that going to I'm not gonna deter you. a person from hiring somebody? Maybe. I'm not going to hire you. One, I already but, thought you were a risk. All, and two, say, your governing body now has even pointed out that you're a risk. I mean, that already happens. Like we did a whole episode yeah, that happens. about um, is it ethical to do job postings that are asking specifically for female RMTs? We all know, like Nikki just said, I of course it. people prefer women. Like, of course they do. And I, I will say it again. A, a big reason is that you just... <laughs> Everybody just feels more comfortable with a woman. It. You know, we talked about the whole idea of like women just being more nurturing, like with our kids. Our kids love their dad. Our kids love Mark. But when they're sick, when they need help, when they're sad, when they're struggling, the person they come to is mom. It's always yeah. mom. It's yeah. always mom. And it's it's not just safety. Like safety is a big part of it. It just that's that's just number one. But yeah. it's also uh it, there's for me as a woman, I feel more comfortable going to a female practitioner for you know, for my doctor, my massage yeah. therapist, for all kinds of things like that because I want to be able to walk in mm. and be like, man, I'm cramping and I'm bloated and my breasts are tender and and just have somebody be like, yeah, I get it. Like I like yeah. going to people with uteruses to be like, here's what's going on with my uterus. I really want to ask a question. Go ahead. Trans women. Would you feel the same comfort? I yeah, I feel safe with I feel safe with trans women. Yeah, hundred percent. I can't. Uh, they they probably can't relate to me talking about um, like my period. Right, right, right. But a lot of them do take hormones. Yep. So they they have experience with uh, biological female hormones. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I would absolutely absolutely go same to level comfort. Tra- yeah, yeah, for sure. So I have. It's a good question though. I have um. I have a trans male client, um, and when and and for those who don't know, my practice, um, I take cis men by referral, just again for safety because I work from home. And I got an appointment request from somebody who had a masculine sounding name, and so I reached out and I said, "Hey, don't recognize your name. I take men by referral. Do you have a referral source, or are you a member of the LGBTQ plus community?" Mm-hmm. And he wrote back and he said, "Yeah, I'm trans." Mm. And so I replied and I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I uh, don't like to pry into people's gender identity or sexual orientation. It's ultimately none of my business. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm happy to see you. And then he came in and I said, I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that, oh, my practice is for women only, but I'll take you because you don't count. Like you're not a real man. I said, I want to be crystal clear that you are a man. It's just you are not a threat. And Mm. I feel the same way with gay men. I've had men try to book appointments with me 
And then I say no, and then they say I'm gay. Does that make a difference? And I'm like, you know what? It's none of my business. But yes, it does. Mm. Because you're still a man, but you're not a threat statistically. I feel safe with you. Okay. So I, I would feel safe going to a trans male therapist or a trans female therapist because statistically they're not threatening. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, women are preferred. Women are preferred. Yeah. Well, safety was the first reason. And I've had men, I've had male clients come to me, cis male clients saying that they don't feel comfortable going to a male massage therapist because they have been victims of abuse at the hands of men. Mm-hmm. And so they don't feel safe going to a male massage therapist. They feel more comfortable coming to a female massage therapist. So I think people of all genders, in general, again, sweeping generalization, yeah, prefer no, women massage therapists. I'm not the typical dude that's in the all boys club, right? It, like, like it happens. I call it locker room talk, where dudes just feel like they can come and do locker room talk with me just because I'm a guy. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to have this talk about this chick. I don't want to have a talk about, I know that sounded funny. I don't want to have a talk about sports. I don't want to have a talk about these very typical male types of things. Like don't, don't locker room talk me just because I'm a guy. So, I mean, anyway, it's, it's weird, but I've been saying that for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's the first one. Safety. I just, I think it's a big feature. Hmm. Um, The second main reason, traditional gender norms. Uh, It goes back to the mom thing. Yeah. It goes back to the mom thing. It's just, uh, whether it's nature or nurture or probably a combination of both uh, or just societal gender norms, it's expected that women are caring, compassionate, yeah. nurturing, mm. soft, uh, soothing, like all of that is just associated with femininity in a way that it isn't generally associated with men. And so mm. if you're going to be nearly naked and be touched in a soothing, nurturing kind of way, a lot of people prefer women. A lot of people, it doesn't even occur to them that men can be massage therapists. Because right. I've heard tons of stories of clients booking appointments at clinics, assuming they're going to be with a woman. Mm-hmm. And then Bruce comes out to say, hey, I'm your therapist. And and they sit there and they shake their head. They're like, I can't do this. Because it, do- it doesn't even cross their mind that a man could be a massage therapist because mm-hmm. it's just such a female-dominated industry. So I'm not saying it's right, but I think it's And this goes pervasive. back to, you know, like what we talked about, Mark, where you have said before that you think that getting a treatment from me, it's like people can tell that like there's some, not that you don't care about your patients, but you can like feel the amount of like caring and nurturing and everything that goes into like getting a treatment with me or Megan, who's treating next door behind this wall. With love and light. With love and light. Versus when they come to get a treatment with you. And I mean, not that it's not good, it's great, but it's very like technical and it's not all about like, let me make sure that you are the most comfortable and what like that's, and I'm not saying again, sweeping generalization not all male therapists are like that like super technical but i think again people expect when you're getting the very soothing relaxation kind of treatment that you're going to be getting this sort of treatment from a woman because traditionally gender norms that's what we're like we're nurturing and soothing and you can feel the love and everything we do <laughs> do you know any women that are more comfortable with a dude therapist that you can think of offhand oh offhand i know some. i know that i've met yeah. i know that i've met them 
can I like, could I run them okay, off but, right now? No, 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 no but, but I've you, definitely, you've met, yes, I've definitely you've encountered women, women prefer... who say they prefer men, men, and every single time I say why, because they're curious. stronger. That's every so it's cause single because they want to be steamrolled. Yeah, really? every person you know I've asked, why do you prefer the little Chinese ladies? Right. Yeah, it's the little ones you got to watch out for. I'm talking like they're not massage therapists. I I did massage back home. Like that's who I go see. Yeah, yeah. I try to find everyone that's not licensed, and your little Chinese lady, they'll fuck you up. <laughs> yeah but anytime i've ever encountered someone who says they prefer a male therapist i'm always curious so i always yeah, ask why? why and every single time it's exactly what you said huh. oh because they're stronger i'm like oh false i but mean that's good but that also is there is something to that generally by and large men are stronger than women because they yeah. have they have more testosterone they have more muscle mass that's also another reason why i don't want to be alone in a room with them because i work out but mm. i can't fight off most men i will say though i have a cisgender heterosexual male friend who just a few weeks ago got his first massage ever. Mm. He was so excited to call me, tell me all about it. <laughs> um, and he chose a male massage therapist because he was scared. What if I go to a woman and I get an erection? Mm. He was nervous. So mm. he chose a male massage therapist for his first massage experience and he loved it and he's going back to the same guy and so, i was like good for you so interesting because i know what your third reason is say it before i just give it away yeah <laughs> my, so my third reason is homophobia oh yeah you did say that yeah yes so the first time we we talked about this i said all i can think of is seinfeld with uh, george costanza it moved <laughs> and you know being afraid to get an erection with a male therapist i've never heard a man say, I would prefer to go to another man because I wouldn't want to get an erection yeah. with a woman. And he was you know scared. What? what if she's pretty? Oh, man. You know? If all of you guys thought that way, that would have eliminated so many uncomfortable situations for us. Like how many female massa massage therapists have been treating a man and they get an erection yeah. and it's not intentional yeah. and they're embarrassed and now the massage therapist is embarrassed and they don't know what to do and it's just super uncomfortable. Yeah. So, I've had that. Yeah. I've, 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 I've had that. Every, I think every female massage therapist at some point has probably had that. I don't think, uh, male massage guys, This is, we're so desensitized to touch. Like, I don't think I can go anywhere and have a female massage therapist all in my nutsack and I get an erection. I don't think that'll happen at all. Like, I'm desensitized to like- I mean, she probably shouldn't be in your nutsack. Challenge accepted. I'm, des I'm desensitized to like touch all over the place. Like, Come on. Nothing will happen like Mark that. my playlist. That'll get you off. <laughs> but yeah, homophobia. I think whether people are willing to admit it or not, I think there are a lot of guys out there who don't want to be touched by a male massage therapist because they think it's gay and they think that somehow- First of all, there's something wrong with that and that somehow it's contagious and transferred by skin to skin contact. Like, Or it's like they feel the way that we feel all the time. Like, is he checking me out? Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't want him touching me and looking at me. And Oh, really? Because like, that's how I walk down the street. Like, right. Oh, so that was another thing I wanted to say with um, uh, preferring a woman massage therapist is it's not like every time I go to get a massage, if it's with a man, that I think I'm going to be assaulted. That's right. like I know well enough. But... I've told the story on here before when I was in New York and I booked a massage at a spa and I walked from my Airbnb to the spa. It must have been like a 15 minute walk. Mm. New York is r rampant with cat callers. And I got cat called probably a dozen times just on the walk to the spa. And then by the time I got in there, I'm like, I'm here for my massage. And they said, well, we only have a male massage therapist. Is that okay? And I was like, man... And it's not his fault. It's not his fault that I just got catcalled a dozen times on the way there. But by the time I got there, I was so over all men. 
that no, I didn't want to get naked with one and have him touch me. Now, he ended up being wonderful and it was a great massage, but it, there was still it was still a hurdle. It was still that moment of I would prefer a woman if one is available, but I you know, I'll take this. It's yep. still it's still a hurdle. And I used to when I became a massage therapist and I came out, I felt sorry for my male colleagues and my male coworkers because they they weren't as booked as consistently and as quickly as women. And I used to feel bad for them. And I used to tell my friends, like, book your massages with male massage therapists. They're great. And I would go to places and I would request a male because I wanted to, like, even it out. And But now that I'm my whole MO is women making money, now I'm just like, nah, man, I want women. Do you think that's news to a dude entering the field? Like, don't you think that that dude already knows what they're getting into? I mean, you'd be surprised. I've I've heard, yeah, I've heard men complain. And I'm like... Did you not notice that like 80% of your classmates were women? Well, that's, that's the thing. Like you you kind of know what you're getting into. And if you don't, yeah. then you're really out to lunch. Like you, you just observe And I zero. think majority of men, they do know what they're getting into and they do know how to find a place to work that's suitable. So for example, if you are a male therapist and you're worried about um, getting clients being a hurdle for you because you're a man, well, maybe don't work in an environment where people are going to prefer women, like maybe seek out a place where you can, you know, like we, we've had people don't come in here from like, salon. right. Or like, yeah, don't, or if you're going to be working at a spa with mostly women, I'm not saying you can't work at a spa as a man. Of course you can. I've had treatments from men at spas, but just know that you're going to have to work harder. You're mm-hmm. going to have to yeah. put in a little extra Welcome effort to, to make sure <laughs> that your schedule is filled. And I, I told this story before and I'll tell it again. I worked at a place where it was uh, seven women and one man. And the man would always complain that he was not as booked up as the rest of us. But one thing I noticed was that he would constantly get new clients and new female clients. So clearly they had no problem booking with a man. He had a very masculine name. There was no question you were booking with a man. He just can't keep his clients but then home. he wasn't rebooking them. And I had to have this conversation with him where I was like, this is not a problem with people not wanting to see a man. You have a rebooking problem, Mm -hmm. whether that's you are not actually putting your patients on a treatment plan and telling them when to come back because of your own insecurity, because you think, you know, they'd rather see one of the women they booked with you, dude, they were okay with seeing you. So your insecurity is stopping you from maybe rebooking them. 100%. Or or maybe you're a creep. Like that was the other option. I was like, maybe they meet you once and they're like, "Mm, no, thanks. Yeah. Maybe there's something off-putting. But it's not because you're a man. And that's what I would try to drill into him. Like get that that out of your head. Um. I mean, he would debate me, but I would always say to him, the reason you're not busy is not because you're a man. You have to work harder because you're a man. Like, I I wouldn't argue him on that, but there are people booking with you and they obviously have no problems booking with a male therapist. Like I said, it's not like his name was Jamie, where that could go either way. Like, this was a very masculine name. Why do you think there's less women in... In authoritative roles in this profession, then. the patriarchy—that's my answer to everything. <laughs> there, there are fewer women in in leadership roles in literally every avenue of life. Well, there's a whole bunch of reasons. I mean, we can sum it up with Nikki's answer, but I mean, the fact is that women typically—not um, all women—again, sweeping generalizations—but we take time off for childbearing reasons and taking care of sick children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We're less likely to get into management positions because of the fact that we're not there all the time. When you were in school, your instructors, what was the ratio of Uh, men to women? 
That's a good. I would say they were. Um, so pretty much all of my instructors were massage therapists. Right. I would say most of them were women, but it. I don't think it was like an eighty twenty split the way that right. the profession is. Right. I'm fairly certain the profession me, is roughly eighty percent women. Most of them I had were a lot men. Of men. Most of them were men. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that's. I mean, I think a lot of men probably go into teaching because they. They're finding a harder time getting their footing massaging. But because... then, even when you look at like like those old school heavy hitter educators, the men, Eric Daltons, a lot of men. The yeah, yeah if you look at any conference and you look at the lineup and they have all the yeah. photos of the people, it's all a bunch of old white dudes. Which is why we're trying to change. Yeah, you guys that. are shaking it up, but that's shaking it up. That's not unique to massage therapy. It's the right. same with there are so many female dominated professions where the people in positions of leadership and hmm. teaching and course instruction are men. So it's the same with hairstyling. It's the same with makeup artistry. It's the same with HR. These are all women dominated professions. Right. But women, it's, it's women the men second guess the themselves constantly. And that's why you don't see us in, you know, even when it comes to something like teaching, like I am more likely to second guess my knowledge and feel like I'm not good enough and not able to command a room and that people are going to respect me and listen to me. 100%. Whereas you just roll out of bed and you're like, I'm going to go teach some, some shit. Yeah. And that's a, that's just a difference with men and women. Like we naturally second guess everything we do. Lord grant me the confidence of a mediocre white man. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's And that is something that I actually really respect about men is that they're more likely to just be like, yeah, I could probably do this. I'll just figure it out. And women are like, I can't even consider trying it unless it's perfect. And I have to ask, I have to pull the audience and I have to ask a hundred people and mm. I have to get well, it's input. We, it's, and it's because we know that it, like there is this underlying knowing of people are looking at you. Well, let's see what you got, chick. Like you're a woman, and Who's let's see if everybody, everybody. It's it's so ingrained in people's psyche that when a woman is doing something, it's not like naturally you're critiquing them. You know, for example, that who show critiques, you love to who watch more women or men. Oh, that's a good question, but probably women. Men are probably not thinking as much as we think. They There's are. a lot of girl on girl hate out There's there. There's a lot of because yeah. I'm on the receiving end of it. <laughs> but okay, you know that show that you like to put on um, when we're setting up for a video shoot, um, that car show. Yeah, yeah, car and masters. it's like four or five men and the one woman who works there, Constance. Yes, I love her. She's an engine specialist. Um, so she's hardcore. But I will tell. I've I've been guilty when I was first watching it. I'm looking at this one woman, and immediately I'm like, "Why did she decide to get into this profession? What?" And, and if all the dudes are talking about cars, I expect that yeah, they know what they're talking about. She starts talking about the engine. She's an engine specialist, and I'm like in awe of her. Why am I in awe of her? Why can't a woman be an engine specialist? But again, it's so like culturally ingrained that there's certain things that like men know more. So let's listen to them. And then a woman starts talking about it. And there is this, this voice in the back of her head, like everybody's watching you. Everybody's critiquing you. Don't mm. fuck up. It's the same with women sportscasters. Yes. Women sportscasters are constantly getting death threats, trigger warning, rape threats mm. for talking about sports. Yeah. yeah like you weird. can't possibly be into sports. You're a woman. What? Oh yeah, we talked about this the other day. Even with like music, like uh, if if a woman is wearing a band t shirt, like which, I like, am I right have now, many, you're wearing one right now. It's like people automatically question that woman. They're like, oh yeah, Who you like the you? band? 
what are your what are your top three favorite songs? Nobody would come up to Mark and be like, oh yeah, you like ACDC? Which favorite song? Nobody. Yeah. But well, if he's I'm allowed, wearing, he's allowed to listen to rock and roll. If he's I'm bad. wearing an ACDC shirt, it's like you just like that because it looks cool, right? Like you don't even know who that band is. Like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So <laughs> what I, what I do want to say about this is, if you are a man and you're listening to this and you're like, well, shit, like. Now what do I do? Nobody wants to get a massage with me. What do I do? There's lots of things. I actually made a list as I was prepping for this podcast. I made a list of uh, all the ways that you can make a killing and can find your people and can get people to rebook with you. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say it on the podcast. And then I was like, why don't I just add it to my course? So I'm going to add a section to my course, New Massage Therapist Masterclass. Specifically for male massage therapists, and you may be looking at me going, well, what the hell do you know? Because mm. I am not a man, but I do know a thing or two about business and getting busy and, well, g- busy with clients, not like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's even better, getting busy with <laughs> getting clients. Getting busy with your clients. Should we edit this? <laughs> um, being fully booked, I'll say. Uh, and I've I've seen some tips and tricks from uh, male massage therapist friends of mine that they've done where I'm like, oh, that's something interesting that I wouldn't have considered. So I'm going to add a section into my course specifically addressing men and how you can find your people because there are people who have no gender preference and there are people who prefer men and I can tell you where they are and how to find them. This exists and I'm glad that you are adding that because the three of us know many, many, many successful male therapists. And so for those male therapists who think like, oh, I'm never busy because I'm a man, mm -mm, there's, there's a different reason. You do have to work harder, but Nikki's got some ideas for you. Yeah, nice. I got, I like I got some tips and tricks up my sleeve. That was a good one. Thanks. Do you think the industry cares to change any of that? Change the idea of uh, women are preferred? Or do you think and no one cares? People care. Men care. Well, and, you know, they're all like non-binary people too and trans people and queer people and gender fluid and gender non-conforming. And there's... I guess there's nothing to change. There's I don't a, even know why I said that. There's nothing to change because you there's can't change a change. person's... Yeah. You can't change a person's preference. Really. I mean... Does it come down they, to educating the general public? Well, the problem is... That, Every news article about like massage therapists found assaulting women, it's right. it's always men. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then you just it's like two steps forward, eighteen steps back. That was twenty two. Let's hear twenty three or whichever order you. Yeah, no, I like going in numerical order. I'm down with that. Uh, unpopular opinion number twenty three: HST isn't going anywhere. Dun dun dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. This is. I almost did it. <laughs> Less of an opinion and more of a prediction. Mark, would you like to tell the fine folks outside of Ontario what HST is? HST is a tax. <laughs> I'll just say that. Harmonized sales tax. <laughs> it's tax. 13% here in Ontario that we have to charge because we are right. I mean, even though we are regulated healthcare, um, part of the service industry. And so a lot of therapists are like, well, this is ridiculous. We are regulated healthcare. Mm. And so we were always told once there are five provinces where massage therapy is regulated, then we we can possibly become HST exempt. And I am going to say, don't send hate mail. I tend to agree with Nikki. I don't I, I'll see it when I believe it. I, I'll believe it when I see it. That's there we go. Thing. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know that HST is going anywhere. I'm not saying I don't want it to because I've expressed before that I would prefer to not charge HST, mainly because I don't get a lot of input tax credits. I'm you know, not fortunate enough to have a lot of expenses. And so 
I end up paying the government back pretty much the entire 13% that I bring in. And yes, if you're super organized, um, we established already my accountant brother doesn't listen to this, so I can say this. I'm not always as organized as I should be. Mm -hmm. I don't always pay attention to my books. I have in the past and have the tendency to not put aside the exact amount of money that I need to pay both my income tax and my HST. And having those two accounts to have to pay attention to, Mm. it can be annoying. However... HST is not the end of the world and it's very easy to be organized and keep track of your shit and it's not a big deal. It was never your money to begin with, but um, yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere either. I'm I'm the same as you. I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. If it happens, great. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime. Mm. And because for the eight, coming up on eight years that I've been a massage therapist, people have been saying any day now... (laughs) HSC is going to be eliminated. And I have met therapists who are 15, 20 years in. And they're like, oh, yeah, people have been saying any day now since like the 90s. Yeah. (laughs) People have been claiming like any day now we're going to be HST exempt. And it still hasn't happened. So I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm I'm not saying it's never going to happen. It might. I could be wrong about this. I don't see it happening in my lifetime. And more importantly, I'm not going to make any important financial decisions based on the what I think is a faulty assumption that it is going to happen any day now. So what I would say is whether it happens or not, please don't make business decisions based on it being eliminated. I've met so many therapists who list their prices, including tax, under the faulty assumption that like tomorrow we're going to be exempt and then I can just keep the rates the same and effectively give myself a 13% raise. If you want to give yourself a 13% raise, do that now. Um, uh, I also think you shouldn't list your prices inclusive of HST because it's, it's first of all, it's confusing. Some people do, some people don't. I certainly don't. But it also, is confusing. if so many therapists are so hung up on looking expensive and raising their rates and but then they'll list their prices including hst which makes you look more expensive than you are and you don't even get to read the benefits of that it just doesn't make any sense to me um if you want to be hst exempt join the rmtao join the registered massage therapist association of ontario because they are spearheading that movement but again i'll believe it when i see it so speaking of the rmtao you went to the meeting. I did go to the meeting last week and they said any day now. <laughs> <laughs> they think that we're we're making headway. Not, that- not, not just they, and- <laughs> the guy, um, the executive director and CEO of the RMTAO yep. really believes he we're does. at any day now. So okay. you, you heard it here. We're not saying it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> so the real, the, not the real reasons, the reasons why massage therapists say they don't like it are we saying that's bullshit so those reasons like it's a barrier to healthcare for my clients in my opinion that one's bullshit i think that one's bullshit but that's my opinion it makes us look less healthcare because other healthcare does also i also think that's bullshit people don't even pay attention nobody knows who charges hst so it's just because no one wants to do the account i think it's because people don't want to do i think that's the main reason people people don't don't want to do the accounting accounting, or like i said you're like you're like me and sometimes you just let the books here's my slide away take all that hst money while you have it go find someone that you know plays poker really well (laughs) and see if they can double your money well that's why i like it because (laughs) here's my advice don't take advice from people who host a podcast i like hst because i first of all i get to keep some of it and secondly while i'm waiting to remit it i get i get to grow it i get to get savings on it like i get i get interest on it i'm saying let's go let's go even more aggressive than uh, just getting savings just throw it it all on black Um, i'm yeah (laughs) 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 this is 
the government's money. <laughs> it's not yeah, my problem. <laughs> I, I don't, to answer your questions more specifically, I don't think it's a barrier to treatment because right. no. I think if somebody, I do, th- there are some people out there who truly can't afford massage. That's undeniable. Mm-hmm. I don't think the 13% is going to, is, is the kicker. I don't think there's anybody out there who says, I can't afford a $113 massage, but $100, no problem. I really don't think that 13% is going to be the deciding factor. I think if they can't afford massage, they can't afford massage. And they're not looking at $113 versus $100. They're looking at $50. Like Mm -hmm. they want something super cheap. So I don't think that also the vast majority of massage recipients in Ontario pay through extended health insurance, Mm -hmm. which I believe covers HST. Yeah. So they, they don't even know. And then the whole, you know, it makes us look like we're not healthcare. I, before I became a massage therapist, was getting massages, was going to physio, was getting my teeth cleaned. And I never once paid attention to who charged HST and who didn't Mm -hmm. until I became a massage therapist. So I think most people aren't paying attention. And especially because so many massage therapists list their prices inclusive of tax. So many people don't even realize that we do charge tax. I've had clients come to me and be like, well, how come you charge HST and my last therapist didn't? I'm like, Mm. they probably did. They probably just rolled it into the price. So I don't think it's a barrier in those ways. You know, there was one clinic when I first started, I was was replacing another therapist who was moving out of the country. And I decided um, for the ease of the transition for the clients that I would leave her rates the same for the first few months that I was there and then I would make um, a price increase. So at the time, this was like 12, 13 years ago, whenever it was, um, she had a one hour massage for $90. Okay. So, and I think her, I think her 45 minute was, I don't even remember now. Let's just say it was 80. Anyway. So let's say her 45 minute was 80. The first client I ever had the first person that walked through the door when I took over at that clinic uh, was a 45-minute treatment. So I give her a 45-minute treatment and she's really happy and she's like, oh, I'm so happy that I like you. It's like, you know, she's like, I not that I thought I wouldn't, but you know, I'd been seeing this other therapist for so long. I was so sad she was leaving, like really happy to have you. And so I'm feeling really good right now, right? Like, yay, the new people or the people like me is the new therapist. And we go to the front and I go to charge her card and I put in the $80 or whatever I think it was, plus HST, whatever. And so I give her the machine and she just, she froze for a second. It looks like she looked like she saw a ghost and she looks at me and she goes, oh, you increased the prices. And I said, oh, no, did I accidentally put in an hour? No, 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 I, I I didn't. The 45 minutes, $80. She's like, yeah, but this says, what's 80 plus HST? 90, 40, something like that. Sure. She's like, this says 90. And I was like, well, yeah, the other therapist charged HST, no? And she was like, I don't know. But whenever I came here, I always paid $80. 80. And I was like, oh, "Oh." (laughs) I did not clarify that with her before I started. So I thought that I was all the prices that were listed in the clinic. That was the price before tax. tax. Was it not? Or was was, she exempt from charging tax because she earned less than $30,000? No, it was not. I ended up talking (gasps) to the clinic owner who was a chiropractor. And I was like, yo, what's the deal here? And she was like, oh, yeah, just for the ease of everything, because chiropractors don't don't charge HST. She made all of her prices inclusive. I've seen that before. I've seen clinics where it's uh, practitioners from different realms of healthcare. And, you know, one charges HST and one doesn't. And so they list the prices inclusive of hst yep. so, like, yep. so that's that what happened sense, there. though i don't get that like you're the clinic owner i'm a clinic owner and i'm a physio 
I'm not making more than 30 grand on all of this income that I'm getting from these massages. No, but I think what she was saying was it was $80 including HST. Yeah, Yeah, no. So what I'm saying is if you recall at this clinic. No, I mean for the person that doesn't charge HST. Well, we were all separate practitioners. So we all had our own point of sale machines. Everything was separate. And so. But are you not on a split where like the clinic owner. No, I was renting. I was thinking of that scenario where it's clinic owners. Clinic owners making more than 30 grand. Yeah. Right. So like you should be charging HST on all of this stuff anyway. I was was just renting. So, um, but I did realize afterwards that the clinic owner was not charging me. HST on the rent. That's a whole other story. This is where I get screwed. I'm, I'm screwed up. A clinic owner, say that's a, that's a Cairo, right? Money that they're making off of your split is not coming from them doing work as a Cairo. Do you see what I'm saying? They're no, they're H- making that money off massage. Exactly. They're HST exempt for their practice. They're mm-hmm. HST exempt for what they're billing. They're not HST exempt for the, the clinic else. that you yeah. own is making money, and therefore the clinic that you own has to have an HST number yep. attached to it. So I don't understand that whole thing. I, I have a story for you. I'll tell you off mic, though. I don't want to say this one. I'm sober, and I am not going to say this one out loud. But just get a, get a drink. Just get a book, drink. bookmark that. I have a story. I'll tell you later. But yes, I agree with you. Whether it's an opinion, a prediction, right. I could be totally wrong, and I hope I'm totally wrong. I'm actually one of the therapists that's in favor of not charging HST. I'm indifferent. You're indifferent. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm could go either way. I'm the the majority, the majority of my business now is not. Is not about uh, treating patients. Yeah, I mean, regardless, as Con Ed, we're still charging HST as like, yeah. I kind of like it because I get to keep some of it, but also the accounting is annoying. It is annoying, like looking at my bank account and realizing like just between income tax and HST, so much (laughs) of that money was never mine to begin with. Look at these tens of thousands of dollars. It's not mine. Yeah. I always (laughs) say every three months I give all of my money and a piece of my soul to the Canada Revenue Agency. Yes. My soul. (laughs) It really does feel that way. (laughs) So yeah, maybe, maybe we'll be HST exempt one day. I'm operating under the assumption that it will never happen and I make all of my financial decisions based on it never happening and I suggest people do the same (laughs) until it changes and when it changes then I'll make new choices. You know that's really good advice because I will say for a long time I I definitely would make decisions based on something that like is going to happen or might happen in the future and it's it's not helpful. So the no. example I'll give is, um, I, as I said earlier, I don't have a ton of expenses as a massage therapist. Like con ed aside, like just with me and my private practice, I don't have expenses. So pretty much everything that comes in, I would be remitting back to the government. But even with a quick method, you get to keep some. Right. And so then that's where I was going with this. You know how long it took me to finally switch for my practice um, doing my taxes for my practice, finally switched to the quick method mm-hmm. because I kept thinking, oh, well, next year we might do X, Y, Z. Oh, and then this. I, and I kept doing that until I was like, why am I doing that? Like right now, I should be doing my HST with the quick method. Yeah. This just work within your current reality, not not your ideal vision of what's to come any yeah. day now. Any day now. <laughs> That was a good one, too. So what's number 24? Thanks. Unpopular opinion number 24. It is about the money. (laughs) This one I'll say, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Because we have heard so much from Nikki about money. And as healthcare practitioners, somehow we've got this, you know, never mind starving artists. We're like the starving healers. It is a starving healer syndrome. Yeah. We don't, we don't think that we should be making money. Not that we shouldn't be making money, but 
it's some people you know, think it's that. not about the money. It's not about the money. And um, Mark had sent me this this post. He reposted from Scott Linquist, um, who we've all talked about. He's been on the podcast, and he talked about you know uh, what was the post? It was a joke, like. Um, you know, try telling your landlord that or try paying your landlord with, but I've helped people this month. And somebody commented on Mark's repost of Scott's post saying, like, how sad is it if your whole life is about money? Well, it doesn't all have to be about money, but the reality is to keep your practice open, to live, to be a functional human, you yourself have to make money and you're entitled to make money. Well, that's the thing. Like, why wouldn't Even we be entitled to my, make money for doing a job and thing, providing a service? My whole thing about this is, even if it is about the money, who cares? Everyone cares. It's so stupid. Who cares? If I'm still doing if I'm still doing a good job for, for my clients, my clients like what's happening for them and they're the ones that are paying me, who the fuck cares if I'm in it for the money or not? Like it, it shouldn't make a difference to anybody. Right. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, if that it really makes sense. shouldn't. I don't know if this is actually statistically still true, but you know how um there used to be common knowledge that like some of the highest like suicide rates were among dentists. Yeah. Do you remember? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's still true. Because everybody hates seeing them. But then it it had to make you question, why would somebody become a dentist? Let's be honest. Nobody wants to go inside dirty fucking mouths. That was completely about money. Does anybody shame a dentist for becoming a dentist to make money? My cousin is a hygienist and he found a pube in someone's teeth. But <laughs> Sorry. I'm, oh. Trigger warning. I was, I was better off <laughs> to never late. knowing that. <laughs> but wow. But that's I was what like, I mean. wait, like, everyone knows you floss before you go to the hygienist. What's wrong with this chick? I know, right? I I do my best work flossing and brushing the morning of a dentist appointment. And then they floss for you and they're like, you're bleeding. We know you've never flossed before. But I flossed this morning. My cousin's the opposite. He's like, I'm going dirty for like three days. That's their job. (laughs) Oh my God, that's so gross. I actually had that conversation with my hygienist last time I was there for a cleaning because I actually do go like every six months for a cleaning. Oh, nice. And you You do have really nice teeth. Oh, thank you. They're not as white as they used to be, but you know, aging. Um, but we had this conversation about people who think they don't have to clean their teeth before going to the dentist. Right. She's like, no, that is false. You absolutely need to clean your teeth before you come here. She's like, I'm trying to get the stuff you can't and make sure there's no like bacteria or any kind of buildup like beneath your yeah, gum. Yeah, She's yeah, like, yeah. but no, you absolutely should come here with a clean mouth. Do not arrive here with a dirty, because I was joking around with her. I'm like, should I just like not brush my teeth before I come here? She's like, please don't do that. <laughs> I beg of you. I don't think there's anything wrong, even if it is all about the money. No. Right? Even if you have no other motive other than money. I don't even think that's something to be shamed of. Yeah. And I'm not even saying it's all about the money or it's exclusively about the money, Mm -hmm. but it has to at least in part be about the money. Otherwise, you do it for free. Exactly. So a couple of things I want to say about that. The only people who say it's not about the money are people who don't have any money. So as soon as somebody says that to me, all I think is, okay, I don't have to listen to anything else you say. And what you were saying about what if it is all about the money, the best way to make money is to get really good at helping people. I believe money comes from providing value. And if you are making good money, it's because you are providing good value. 100%. People, People will tell you what they need, right? Like when there's, when you're filling a need in the marketplace, you're helping people in some way, you're going to make money so easily. Yeah. And we've all had those people who they come for a massage and they get off the table and they say, I've never felt this relaxed in my life. Mm -hmm. Or I had somebody come to me and she has chronic pain just all day, every day, always in pain. And she came and she got a massage and she said, 
this is my first time being pain-free in months. Like you get those beautiful, wonderful, touching, Mm -hmm. rewarding moments. Guys, you listening to this? Nikki doesn't have a black heart. She actually does feel very happy and it is very rewarding. I got for drunk her. and cried. <laughs> it is very rewarding for her when she helps people. Doesn't mean she doesn't deserve to get paid well, for it. Well, that's the other thing. People think they, you know, what you hear a lot is it's not about the money. I just want to help people or it's not about the money. I got into this to help people. And as I've said on this podcast before, not everybody got into this to help people like everyone in this room. But you can do both. They're not mutually exclusive. You can help people and make good money. And the best way to make good money is to get really good at helping people. I cannot stress that enough. It is about the money. This is my livelihood. This is my career. I chose this path because of job security. So it is absolutely about the money. And I will tell my clients that when they ask me, what got you into massage therapy? I will flat out say, financial security i have something everyone wants and it's free i think also we can add to that list someone that's just being taken care of someone that doesn't have to work but still has everything that they need that's true they're like yeah. oh it's not about the money it's not about that's the, the money. other thing you yeah. i've heard so many people say you know well i don't have to raise my rates or i don't have to charge a lot because i only work two days a week and you know my right. husband is the breadwinner right. and i'm like If that works, that's great for you. What about the single mom with four kids Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who's over here grinding seven days a week? Or what about Nikki with her mortgage? She deserves to make a good living. (laughs) Her her adult responsibility of having a mortgage. Why doesn't she deserve? I have concerts to to see. I have countries (laughs) to visit. I have I have expenses. There's two cats, guys. Yeah. There's something to do. But, but oh, when I last so- raised my rates, I actually told people, is, is, why am I raising my rates? Because my cats deserve to live their best lives. <laughs> I love that. I flat out said that. And I actually said, because everyone's like, <laughs> I want to raise my rates, but I'm not uh. sure what to tell people. And it's always like due to inflation and due to, and I was like, when I last raised my rates, I flat out told people, I broadcast it in a newsletter. I said, I want to make more money in less time. That's why I'm raising my rates. RMTs. Why do you feel you have to justify in raising your rates? Hey, my my medication, my my allergy medication went up 15 bucks. You know why he's pointing at me when he says that? Because I went to pick up his allergy medication this week and I was like, why is that so fucking expensive? He's like, it's only $30. I'm like, I just paid 46. Right? Pharmacy didn't try to explain to me they why it's more expensive. They no? just charged me what they charged me and they walked me. away. And guess what? I just paid for it and walked me. away. So I paid for why it. do RMTs feel like they... <laughs> indirectly. So why do RMTs feel like they have to like give this explanation as to why I'm making these business decisions. Yes. <sighs> the patriarchy. He's like, it's a fucking patriarchy. I, I walked into it. it- <laughs> We it also is. talked about the other day, and I, I feel like this was important, and I'll bring this back up again, that this whole idea of it's not about the money, it's not about the money, I want to help people, that is great. But let's be honest, you are a better version of yourself and you are a better person when your life is not full of financial stress. 100%. Like, I think I have that never I been am, cooler. <laughs> yeah, I think I am the worst to be around when I'm stressed about money. Yeah. Like, why would you want to constantly have to be worrying about your own bills and trying to take care of other people. Yeah. That's insane. I love my life so much more now that I have money and I love myself so much more now that I have money and I think I'm a better, I think I'm a better friend. I think I'm a better family member. I truly think I'm a better therapist and it is a gift to my clients that I'm expensive because it means I don't hate my job. I actually look forward to going to work because I get paid well. Mm. It means that I make enough money that I can take enough time off to recharge so that I don't injure myself and burn out and get resentful and bitter. And 
I'm able to be so much more generous. I'm making your charitable donations every month. Like, yeah, I donate a portion of every massage to charity. I'm, uh, you know, I got a personal trainer that, and that's if financial investment that I've been making. And so I'm healthier than I've ever been. And I also like, I like spending money. I love earning money, but I also like spending money. I like knowing that I get to choose where my money goes. I can donate it. I can hire women. I, I wrote an article actually recently. I I have a blog. You guys repo you shared yeah, it. Yeah. Yep. I'm a massage therapy media. So I have a blog, nikkiRMT.com slash blog. And it's called um my last post is called uh, Five Lessons from Five Years in Business. So I I just celebrated five years of uh running my home practice. And I wrote a blog about five of the lessons that I learned. And one of them is you're gonna need help. And I have hired an army of women to help me with my business. And I love giving women part of my money. I love paying women good money for good work. And like, I have a personal trainer and I absolutely adore him. And he um, turned 30 recently and took a trip to Peru to celebrate his 30th birthday. And I love that he did that in no small part because I pay him. I was like, I'm paying you and now you're in Peru. How cool is that? That this awesome guy is in Peru because I gave him my money. I love that. Like I actually really enjoy spending money. If you if you saw my credit card, you would see <laughs> how much I love spending well, money. I know, I know you also try to support like local businesses and women-owned businesses totally. and like those type of things. And the truth is all of those people cannot keep their doors open. These women cannot keep their businesses going unless people are going to spend money there. And you can't spend money you don't have. I mean, you can. We have <laughs> plenty of people you do that. Can. I don't recommend it. Do not recommend. But yeah, I think that having money allows you to be better at a lot of things. And I'm not saying you can't be a great therapist if, you, if you're if you not, you know, rolling in dough. Yeah, of course. imagine how much easier everything could be for you if you were paying yourself a living wage and you could afford to be the best version of yourself. So I don't, I don't think there's any shame and there shouldn't be any shame in making the money you deserve when you're working as a therapist. You're helping so many people. Help yourself. Make Thank some money. You. And for, for everyone listening, I strongly encourage everybody... Google uh, the name of this podcast. I think it's called, I think it's just called Women and Money. Mm. And uh, it's from, it's an episode of the Life Coach School podcast hosted by Brooke Castillo, uh, B-R-O-O-K-E-C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. She's uh, such a force and I love her podcast, but she has a podcast titled Women and Money and I've listened to it several times and I have Mm. referred friends to it and I sent it to my financial advisor who's also a badass woman. It is fascinating. She talks about how she basically she interviewed male and female, like cis male and cis female millionaires and talked to them about money and uh, and just the differences between What's their the, responses. Is there a common theme between men and women that she interviewed about money? That the men and women agree on? Yes, or yeah, yeah. Is there anything that sticks out or to you that's there a very some, common theme? A common it theme more focuses like, on the differences. Yeah, that's oh, what I want to hear. Okay. Like, yeah. what, what is the, like a major difference between women and men. So she'll, she was asking women about making money, like w- women who make good money. And she right. was asking them about how, how they feel about money. 
And a lot of them said things like, um, like if they were single and heterosexual, they said, well, I don't really want to talk about money because, you know, men aren't going to want to date me because they're going to be intimidated and they don't want to date a woman who makes more than him. And so, so I feel kind of shy. I don't want to, I don't want to mention the money. And they'll say things like, I don't want people to think I'm greedy or I don't want to brag. Um, and and just like, I don't really want to talk about it. And, and you know, it's more of a private thing. I am so guilty. Even on the of podcast, what? you've because you've listened to all of them, you've probably heard times where like during lockdown, for example, like we really felt for people who had to close their businesses or who were really struggling or whatever. And Mark would say things like, no, we're doing fine because we planned for it, you know, because we, you know, we were, we were, we were not struggling before the lockdown. Right. So we did okay during like we weren't and worried we about had, losing our home or anything like that quickly mm-hmm. and we adapted but even when he pivoted saying, you pivoted pivoted but even when he was saying these things there was times where i like i would get this like horrible discomfort like oh no like let's not talk to the world about our money like i don't want to yeah. sound like we are bragging that we are not struggling or i don't want to sound like we're being gre- like all of those things it's a woman thing and it's not he, your fault he would be talking and saying like no like we're fine because we don't live ha- was what's the saying you use hand to mouth, hand to mouth. Or, yeah he would say yeah. we don't live hand to mouth you know we're we're financially secure and whatever and I should feel proud of that, that we're financially secure and we don't have to struggle for money. But I was like, oh, no, I don't like when he talks about that. No, like, no we should about it. No, stop doing that. Yeah. And so and she would ask men the same <laughs> question. <laughs> she would ask men the same question, successful men, and they would say the exact opposite. They would say, uh, you know, oh, I have to tell all my friends how much money I make because like I, I need them to respect me. Like women are saying, I can't talk about money because people are going to think I'm greedy and they're going to judge me. Men are saying, I want to talk about money because I need respect. And they're saying if they're uh, single and heterosexual, I have to make good money so that I can attract a woman. So women are saying, well, I'm not going to get any dates if I make good money. And men are saying I have to make good money so I can get a wife or so Mm -hmm. I can get a girlfriend. And just the exact polar opposite attitudes. And so with these attitudes, you wonder why, A, men make more than women by and large. And... And B, there are so many more visible examples of rich men than there are rich women because there are so many rich women who are doing it in secret because they're scared to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And then women like us growing up don't have a lot of examples of rich women to look up to. They're out there, but they're in hiding because they're scared of being judged and shamed mostly by other women. Whereas the men are being peacocks about it because they're allowed to and it's encouraged and not just encouraged, but expected. By the way, Gold Digger by Kanye West has been playing in my head the entire time she's been talking. (laughs) Not that I'm not listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, it's a fascinating podcast episode, Women and Money. I highly recommend everyone listen to it. My mission in life is women's empowerment, specifically closing the gender pay gap. That's why I'm always on here going on and on and on and on about money. And so why if you see me on Facebook, I'm constantly encouraging therapists to raise their rates. I don't want to tell you what to do. I just want to be an example of what's possible. You can earn excellent money in this career. I make six figures working part-time. I travel the world. I donate to charity. And I do good work and my clients love me. Mm-hmm. And they cancel on short notice and they offer to pay me. All of this is possible. I'm not lying. I'm just drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Not this time. Not this time. I'm sober. I'm sober. That's what I want to say about that. What do you think most RMTs need then? The ones that acknowledge like, 
I like my job. I love my job. I wish I was making more. What can I what can I do here? What should I be doing? What am I doing wrong? Well, come talk to me. <laughs> if you're a new massage therapist, take the new massage therapist masterclass because I teach new massage therapists fresh out of school how to find the best jobs and make the most money. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are self-employed, hire a business coach. Mm-hmm. I hired Rebecca Diazavedo. You've had her on the podcast several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, six weeks after opening my home practice and it skyrocketed. So I say get help. Also, Scott Linquist, who you mentioned, mm-hmm. he wrote an article about starving healer syndrome. So if you Google starving healer syndrome, Scott Lindquist, mm-hmm. L-A-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T, like um, you'll find his article where he talks about like, here are the signs of starling, starving healer system and starving healer syndrome. And here's how to take steps towards fixing it. Mm-hmm. So Because there's also a handful of people like, yeah, I don't make the most money, but I don't really care because this is a part-time gig and I do it because I like to and blah, 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 blah. And I don't need money. And, well, that's me. Right? But for someone else that's like, I love this and this is what I want to do, but I'm having a hard time surviving. And if I don't yeah. really do something different, then I probably have to pack this. Yeah. In. I would say get coaching, get help, get coaching. Uh, and uh, I am constantly listening to business podcasts and life coaching podcasts where they, and like feminist podcasts where they talk about mindset and money and I mean, I always say the biggest contributor to the gender pay gap is women. Mm. So, like a lot of it is just systemic sexism and misogyny, but so much of it is self-inflicted. Yeah. Because we feel bad and I don't want to punish people and I don't want to be greedy and all I these things. I just want to help people. I'm yeah, caring, I just want to help I'm people. Nurturing. And it's not about the money. And yeah, it's not about the money until there's a global pandemic and you have to close your business and you don't know how you're going to pay your rent. All like, of a sudden it's about the money. <laughs> then it is about the money. But like Mark said, like I, I would classify myself in that category of like I – I don't enforce my cancellation policy. I'm saying that quietly because there's another therapist in the room next door who I like, I hope she does. But because <laughs> because it's not where I make the most money. So if somebody does say to because my clients are all people I've known forever, like they, they're not jerks. Let's just say that. They wouldn't cancel last minute if they didn't absolutely have to. Um, because this is not where I make the most money, I can be like, okay, I'll let this one slide. That doesn't mean I never charge people, but if it's somebody that's like always good to me and whatever, and they they call me and they're like, I'm so sorry, like I woke up with a fever. I'm like, cool, bro, don't come here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to charge you this time. I feel like I can do that. But if this was my full-time career, like I agree with you that like, why should I have to take a hit financially yeah. because somebody because else got a fever. Got, like guess it's, what? Yeah. It's you, not my fault. You not enforcing a policy and you enforcing a policy is Doesn't none of my fucking you. business. Yeah. So I don't fucking care. Yeah. The one I mean you it's your business you can do what you want. The yeah. one thing I will say to that is when 99% of massage therapists don't have or honor their cancellation policy, it it makes it harder for the rest of us. Yeah, it does. But that's the battle I chose. Mm-hmm. So that's why I make it crystal clear. Most massage therapists won't charge you if you cancel. I will. If you agree to that, we're cool. If you don't, go waste somebody else's time. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Makes sense. Like so uh, also, um, I am the admin of the Art of Building a Successful Massage Practice, which is Rebecca Diazavedo's Facebook, Facebook group, group yeah. for massage therapists with tons of free business advice. So if making more money is something that you're interested in and honoring your boundaries and honoring your policies and learning about getting a niche and just being a little more business savvy, if that's something you're interested in learning about, join that free Facebook group. I'm there every day. And most people just don't give a fuck about you enough to like really care. Is that, that makes sense. 
you charge me, I hate you. No, you don't. You don't care that much to hate me. Okay, we're. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I'm okay. You people, can hate me. I still get paid. Most people just don't. Most people don't care the way you think they actually care. That's the other thing. Right? No, yeah. we, no we think people pay so much. Like I've no one seen people you. therapists agonize over raising yeah. their rates by five bucks. I have literally handed my payment yeah. terminal to somebody and told them what the price is, and they tap their card. And then I say, by the way, my rates are going up by 50 bucks next week. And they go, what do you charge now? I'm like, I literally just told you. <laughs> like, they, they're not paying attention. Yeah. They're not paying. Nobody's paying attention. That was a good one. Thanks. These are good. Thanks for having me again <laughs> and again and again. Do you have any more? Or was that the last I one? I do have more, but I feel like this has been going on long enough. We no, should probably. Let's, let's, hear, let's hear another one. Really? Yeah. Let's try one more for good you. luck. Okay. <laughs> okay. Unpopular opinion number. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it on 25. Unpopular opinion number 25. The benefit of the doubt sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you all giggly? Look at you. <laughs> I'm laughing because like everybody knows now, we've we've done this already before and you did mention the benefit of the doubt sucks the last time. And when you first said it, um, I don't know if you know, Mark was confused. He was like, I don't know I what was, that means. I was, I was repeating it to myself over and over. I'm like, the benefit of the doubt sucks. The benefit of the doubt sucks. And I said it the way you said it. The benefit of the doubt sucks. <laughs> and that's when you guys were just staring at me. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I'm going to go into more detail. <laughs> so, specifically, when it comes to massage therapy, I am talking about therapists putting themselves in uncomfortable or potentially dangerous situations because they're giving this prospective client the benefit of the doubt. Mm. And I see this time and time and time again. You go into any massage therapist Facebook group, which is where I spend all my time because I'm never massaging because I'm lazy. <laughs> and you will see screenshots of therapists, mostly women, because most massage therapists are women, screenshotting a text message exchange from almost always a prospective male client mm -hmm. where he's... Asking for things that are red flag to me, glaring red flags, but to other people, maybe like orange flags where basically, you know, he'll say something like I slipped in the shower and I did the splits and I have a groin injury and I want work to my low back glutes and quads, which, by the way, is always always just code for sex work. Mm. Um, even if it's not, it is. Um, or, you know, how late are you open or. um do I have to wear the sheet? What is your draping protocol? Right, like right, right. questions like that, where to me, it's just so clear that they're really, they're looking for sex work. And therapists will share this screenshot and be like, well, but like maybe, and what do you guys think? And it's like what, you, what Amanda was saying about second guessing. It's like, we have to poll the audience on mm -hmm. what to do with our lives. And, um, and they'll they'll say like, well, he's got this appointment tomorrow, and like, you know, I've got my mace and my gun and my guard dog and my, my husband and the army and <laughs> you know nine one one and you know yeah. all these safety precautions. And the and, but then they'll they'll keep the appointment, and they're like, what do you guys think? And if you look at the comments, it is I will say a lot of people will chime in and say, nope, red flag, like yeah. cancel it. But so many of the comments are well. 
No, because I have somebody who, you know, has a legitimate groin injury and he really needs the work. And but that person probably also didn't text you. That person at, was at, at yeah. one at in the morning. At night yeah. saying, do I need to have sheets? Saying I did the for splits. For my groin and, injury. Right? Yeah. Uh, that and, person would just book a massage. And like, that's something yeah. that I can tell you with so much confidence after 12, 13 years as a therapist majority of people who have an injury will just book a treatment. They don't feel the need to say like, is it okay that it's in my groin? Because it's a legitimate Yeah, I'm injury. not going to text you at 1.30 in the morning and ask for feather light touch yeah. no. if I have a legitimate groin no, injury. Not do so, that. But so many therapists will be like, well, I have a client who has a legitimate groin injury and he needs the help and you shouldn't turn him away. And then there are all the people who say, well, you know, call him, ask him what he's you know, how he heard about you, what he's seeking for. And um, yeah. basically they're like, well, ask him X, Y, Z question or get him on the phone or do some more digging or basically <laughs> just do all kinds of extra work with no pay and have this really uncomfortable conversation where you're like, are you looking for a hand job or not? Like, <laughs> And just do all of this extra work to suss this guy out. I don't need and that. And then book that, him. That money badly. And then be uncomfortable <laughs> and anxious until the appointment time and be like, well, I guess it's okay because, you know, my husband's in the waiting area and I've got my guard dog and my mace and like my rape whistle and like no or you could just say no and, and not have just that issue say no and so i always chime in and i'm like if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no a maybe is a no are there people are there men out there who legitimately have groin injuries absolutely will i treat them absolutely not just refer out. I always send everybody to the clinic around the corner. I'm like, take your groin that away because I, it's just, it's not worth it. <laughs> All I keep saying is let's do a cost benefit analysis. Let's do a risk reward ratio analysis. Like yep. best it. case scenario, best case scenario. This guy has a legitimate groin injury. He actually is just looking for therapeutic work. He ends up being perfectly pleasant and kind. I give him a massage. He loves it. Maybe he comes back and becomes a regular. That's, Best case scenario. Worst case scenario, I end up on a milk carton mm -hmm. or cleaning up a pool of semen. Yeah, like, no, yeah. it's not that ratio. The risk reward does not work for me. So we were talking about traveling. I travel a lot and everywhere I go, people are trying to sell me drugs. Used to happen more when I had dreadlocks, yeah, unsurprisingly, yeah. <laughs> but it still happens. And all I can think is, let's do a cost benefit analysis. Best case scenario. This is some good shit. I get high. I get I get a buzz. Yep. I have fun for the next few hours. Worst case scenario, you're dead. Mexican prison. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're an undercover cop yeah. and I go to prison for the weekend. Like yeah. that's not worth a couple hours of having a nice buzz to me. <laughs> that's exactly how I am when I go away and because I get, uh, I get everyone offers me something. That's of like, course. Literally right? every single person. You look like you know by, how to party. Right? Every All single person we walked and by I'm in like, Jamaica tried to sell him drugs. And I'm like, I want to, it's not my, you know, I only smoke weed, but any which way. I'm like, even that I wouldn't even do on vacation. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want something sprayed with something. Now I'm fucking in a hospital somewhere just because I wanted to smoke a joint. Like, no thanks. It's, it's not a, worth it to me. It's not worth it. Would, I would not be able to enjoy it. I'd be yeah. like, I'm so on edge because I don't know if you're an undercover cop or what's the, if you have a gun or what's going on. So no, no, I get it. This is how I feel about you know any kind it's of. It's not worth it. It's not. Worth if it. your spidey sense is tingling, 
just say no. Do you think someone that's doing that in a, in a group, they're actually looking for advice on this? Or do you think people just throw shit out there? I think I think a lot of them, because they're mostly women, I think they're looking for permission to say no. Yeah. I think they deep down want to say no. They want to decline their request. They feel like they can't because women are taught that we're not allowed to say no and we have to be likable and helpful. Um, and we're scared of saying no to people because we're scared that they're not going to like us. So There is also the... I, I don't know if this has been discussed before. There's this like notion that we learned in school that like you're healthcare and you can't turn away anyone. Well, yeah, and you that can't turn comes away up that comes up a lot. And I'm like, in what universe do you have to accept someone as a patient if you are concerned about your safety? Yeah, I always say nobody has the right to get a massage from you. And I think also I think a huge part of it is but what? But what if he really needs the help? What if he really? What if it's he legitimate? will find someone to help? What him. if he really has a groin injury? What if he needs the help? And I always say, he doesn't need your help. The other flip side of that, because I'll go the the devil thing just for a second. The other flip side of that is, is it? Is there something going on with you that makes you uncomfortable? Maybe. And if there is, is it something that you should be mindful enough that maybe you should try to address? Because you know you're going to be in this scenario often, and I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying address it to correct it and change it. But I'm saying recognize it's there. Recognize that maybe there's something going on with me. Maybe the end result is still always the same. I never take whoever, but I've recognized something that's going on with me, and I'm working on it. I I, I mean. I was getting to the point where eventually the end result will probably be the same. But yes, maybe it is somebody who is easily triggered and these things can upset them. It would take somebody being very self-aware to recognize that it's it's their problem. But even if they did recognize it's their problem, if they know that this is something that triggers me, you know, it's like, it, it, not to be so simplistic, but it's like when, you know, people who really like dislike the stuff we do, either right. the stuff we record or the stuff we publish or whatever, and they get very triggered and offended by it. I mean, my advice is always the same, then don't engage. So if you know that you are See, sensitive and you've got triggers and somebody is making your spidey senses tingle, as Nikki says, yes. better just to protect your own mental no, health not, and I'm just not, not even, do it. I'm not, I'm not even suggesting the action should change. Right. But I'm also just going that one step further it could and it could be a them problem but and not again, that, the not, end result again, would be the same not that you have to do anything about your them problem but you know maybe it's maybe when you get your spidey senses tingling yeah and i mean you have to look at if there's i'm sure there's a lot of female massage therapists who have also experienced things that non-massage therapist females have like right. sexual abuse, sexual yeah. assault, whatever. And so if you are feeling unsafe in a situation, I think 100% of the time, don't put yourself in a situation where you feel unsafe, where you feel triggered mm -hmm. or you're uneasy. Just don't do it. You don't have to because like Nikki said, that person can get help. It doesn't have to be from you. And it's not worth a hundred bucks, no, 85 I, bucks I, I or whatever you're you. charging. I, I agree with you. To have a panic attack like leading up to this appointment. No, I agree with you guys. thank you. No, thank you. So the benefit of the doubt sucks. I give the benefit of the doubt to nobody. Hmm. I just, if there is a shred of doubt, I'm like, nope, that's a no. Go somewhere else. In general, do you give out trust or trust has to be earned? Ooh. That's I think I used question. I I think that's a, that is a good question. I think I used to be more automatically trusting because I'm super trustworthy. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, why is it everybody else must be just like me? Mm -hmm. And I think I hate to say it, the older I get, the more experiences I've had, the more I realize 
not everybody's trustworthy. And I've, right. I've seen some things that I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to take me a minute to really, I don't, I don't just automatically dish out the trust anymore because yep. I've seen some shit, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't like feeling that way. Mm-hmm. I would love to be like everybody's good and honest, but I just it just isn't true. Since you don't like like it that way, do you think you can? Do you think you can make a change? Do you think you can make that change? Seeing that you no just, other people would have to change. just trusting people. Yeah, just curious. I don't. I mean, what's the benefit? It's <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Well. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll work on that, being more trusting of people. Well, well, I'm not telling you to do that. (laughs) I'm just curious. 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 (laughs) What happened to Nikki? She died. (laughs) You're saying, what about me? I tend to agree with Nikki. Um, I have described myself previously as rather naive, and I stand by that because, like Nikki, I'm also a a pretty trustworthy person and I'm very open to almost to a point of like I've told people before like I apologize I have the tendency to overshare I say things that are probably not appropriate I'm very much an open book I I don't really hide a lot of things and usually usually when I'm lying it is painfully obvious <laughs> i do not know how to tell i just mm. i just say things you just break and, out in hives and be, when you're like 100 <laughs> i break out in hives i try to go into too much detail i backpedal i forget like i would be the person that would you know you'd say to me well what were their names i'd be like sue and bob and then like five minutes later you'd say what were their names again i'd be like mary and ellen <laughs> like i am really really bad at telling lies and so because you see the world the way you see the world, like, you know, like I just live in my own little reality here. I sometimes forget that not everyone's like you. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's like me, right? Not everyone overshares everything. Not everyone's comfortable talking about personal things. Not everyone, like, it. it's come with age where I realize, like, oh, like, not all people are actually like that. And there are people who are, and it's why I have such a hard time wrapping my head around when somebody does something that in my from my viewpoint is just completely malicious, evil, like you've intentionally hurt someone. Like, why would you do that? And it's Mark who has to remind me, like, not everyone's like you. Like just recently he said to me, he's like, is it hard being such a good person? I was like, that's a really weird question. Like, I don't know how to respond to that. That is so sweet. (laughs) But he's like, you just, he goes, I can't, he goes, I can't imagine you ever doing anything that like you know would hurt someone or upset someone or like you go out of your way to be a very good person he's like were you always like that is that just yeah he's like is it tiring (laughs) and i'm like no like that is just my nature and it's just i want to make people feel good i want to keep people happy um we talked about people pleasing when you were here the first time but I, i wouldn't say i'm so much a people pleaser but my goal is to always make sure like everybody's cool. Like I don't like drama. I don't like to upset people. I don't like to offend people. I, it, which is funny because you're all on I the really, wrong podcast. All I really like do is ruffle. <laughs> all I really do is ruffle feathers. But in offending people, I'm offending people because I'm speaking very honestly. You know what I mean? So like sometimes I can. I can really forget that not everyone's like that. Sometimes people lie for the sake of lying. Yeah. And it's hard to really like understand that because I would never do that. I'm like, you just told a lie that didn't even need to be told. Like, why? Yeah. And I, why are you like that? I think that's exactly why I'm, I'm less trusting of others now because I've just, I've, I've learned that just so many people aren't like us. Yeah. That it's, it's protection. 
Mm. It's like it's a protective mechanism. Like I'm not I'm not going to let you in so quickly. You got to earn that because I've I've been duped. I've been burned. I think that's why I I get drawn to the freaks and geeks and the misfits and the outcasts. Because I, for whatever reason, feel like the freaks and geeks and the misfits and the outcasts are a little bit more genuine, a little bit more truthful. At least, so we know. I've we know where he categorizes us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what does it say about us? It's yeah. all good. <laughs> I will admit I'm both a freak and a yeah, geek. Yeah, I'm a freak and a geek. And yeah. a misfit and an outcast. Right. Oh. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Because when I asked you guys the question about do you just give out trust or does someone have to earn it? For me, there's certain populations of people I just give it to. For whatever vibe I get, I'm like, you got my trust out of nowhere. Right. I don't know you from holding the ground, but you got my trust. And there's people like, fuck that. I trust you, zip. Look at you taking a page out of the book of Amanda and following your instincts. <laughs> you know what, though? If you really pay attention, and I think Mark is actually better at this than he realizes, if you really pay attention, people tell you who they are. Well, yeah. People, people tell you who they are. Like there are people, even people that I like, and this is going to sound really bizarre, but there are people that I like, like I like hanging out with them. I might like their personality. Yeah. But I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> what about the idea that um, doing shitty things doesn't necessarily mean you're a shitty person? Yes, I agree with that, actually. I mean, we all do shitty things. It's not, I got drunk on the weekend. <laughs> Rambled that's on your podcast. That's a shitty thing. I'm just a <laughs> shitty person. <laughs> But no, there are people who I think, um, whether it was a lapse in judgment for whatever reason, there are circumstances under which I think even the best person can make a bad decision. People do really, I've quoted this before. It's a, it's a line from a song from a Disney movie that my kids like, but it's frozen. Yes, it is frozen. (laughs) People make bad choices when they're mad or scared or stressed. And that is just true. Yeah. Like people do really shitty things sometimes when they're in a situation where they feel threatened. And I think I have enough grace for people to recognize like okay you're, you're not a horrible person where's the line? you did a shitty thing where's the line of how many sh- if we tally it down yeah, how, consistent how many is shitty it? things does oh, someone you, have to if do you consistent, that suddenly they become a shitty, if you shitty do person? if you consistently do shitty things then yeah you're a shit human okay. but i think that a typically good person yep. can do something that's out of character and i can recognize okay that was out of character i'm not I'm not saying what you did was cool because it fucking wasn't, but I'm not going to now classify you as a shitty person. Hmm. You made a shitty choice and you will have to suffer the consequences trust, of do it. Do you trust people that don't appear to do shitty things ever? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> they're too good? Yeah, they're too good. You're too, <laughs> like, you're too squeaky. You're too squeaky. Clean. Like famous people or like? Anyone. I don't know. Just a question. I, it's not so much trust as like, that just sounds boring. Uh, <laughs> anybody who's never who's done clean. a shit like I don't know that I do you know, I know anyone a that, that tries person. to that tries to play that role look how squeaky clean I am hmm I might have to get back to you on that one like yeah. off the top of my head no. I can't think of anyone who is like completely right? squeaky clean yeah. even the people in my life that I would classify as like okay you know you're pretty straight and narrow and whatever they will do something shitty whether it's like oh they've got a potty mouth or you know they they like raunchy adult humor or like whatever there's always something that I'm like okay you're not totally squeaky clean huh. this is cool I had a therapist once who uh she said something I will never forget. I was massage I ha- therapist. No, a talk therapist. Okay, like a, okay. she was a social. She was a social worker. Social worker. Okay. And um, 
uh, I had this person in my life who was just being so consistently shitty. And I was so perplexed. I was like, why is this person so shitty? Mm. And my therapist looked, just looked at me and she said, we're all just trying to get our needs met. Mm. And that blew my mind. So now if I see somebody exhibiting what I think is shitty behavior, I try to, well, first I try to avoid them, but I try to approach it with curiosity because I'm like, you're being so shitty and you're doing things that I would would never do. What itch is that scratching? What need are you meeting with that behavior? Because there's something, there's something there and I might not respect it or agree with it or understand it but i i find that the weirder and creepier and more evil i don't think people are evil i think they're broken but certain people get i'm just like what's that all about like they're trying to get their needs met i just keep reminding myself that anytime somebody does anything where i'm like what the fuck was that it's like you have to approach human psychology like you'd approach a toddler although a lot of people don't like approach toddlers and children like this whenever a child is just being a little shit <laughs> and you just want to shake him it's like you have to rem- you have to remember like everything in the world is new to them mm-hmm. they haven't learned how to regulate their emotions and they are just always trying to get their needs met and so when a toddler is throwing a tantrum what are they trying to communicate to you i'm not saying you know like oh it's okay it's fine of course it's a, a teachable moment but it's not we shouldn't automatically like start screaming at this toddler or you know what I mean? You're like a shitty punishing human. <laughs> them. Yeah, we wouldn't do that, right? Like we understand, like, oh, you know, you're just two and you don't know how to act appropriately. Well, maybe some adults never really learned how to regulate their emotions and regulate 100%. their own behavior. And so again, not that it's totally excusable, but I understand the curiosity, like, what's wrong with you? Well, they <laughs> like, say what? What's like going on? Four percent of CEOs are sociopaths or whatever the stat is. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so I'm just I I'm I think I'm I'm less trusting than I used to be, but more curious. So I I tend to not take things as personally as I did before. I'm more just like, huh, that's fucked up. What's that about? You weirdo? Get away from me. <laughs> I still anyway, want nothing to do with you. If I ever get a text message talking about, you know, a groin injury and draping and <laughs> late night massages, block and delete. <laughs> I think we should end right there. Block and delete. <laughs> <laughs> block and delete. How do you feel about uh, take two? I feel sober. I feel I feel great. I, well, I drank alone, I, so I don't <laughs> feel sober. Thanks for that. I want to thank you guys again for re-recording this. This was good. And I hope everyone enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, come find me on the internet, The Art of Building a Successful Massage Practice on Facebook. And come join us here in Scarborough, Ontario, May 13th, New Massage Therapist Masterclass, mm-hmm. my all-day course. I will be sober, I promise, and I will teach you everything that I wish I knew when I was fresh out of school. And if you can't make it in person, you can join us in Zoom link. In person and online, open to all genders and therapists from all over the world. Right on. We would love to have you. Sounds good. Can I I see us out? Go for it. You guys have been listening to three massage therapists and a microphone. Peace.